Welcome to the Next Dimension Podcast, your portal to an extended reality. Every week we talk about the hottest topics in XR and let you join the discussion live on MRTV. And now, get ready for another exciting episode coming up. Hi, and welcome to episode 12 of the Next Dimension podcast, your new podcast that's all about VR and AR. Today is a very special show because we have a special guest here with us, Eric Tullen. Eric Tullen is the developer of Ancient Dungeon. Eric, how are you doing? Hey, I'm great. <clears throat> cool, cool. Very much. Yeah, that's all. Development. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Today you had a very big update for Ancient Dungeon, right? Yeah, it was the biggest one, I guess. Like, it has been in development for almost half a year now. So, wow. yeah, that was a huge relief to get it out, finally. Wow. And perfect timing. Today you can tell us all <laughs> about Ancient Dungeon. You can tell the world about your game. And we're looking forward to find out more about how it's like to develop a VR game. Amazing. Eric, so nice to have you here. Also with us today, Gary. Gary Walkton. How are you, Gary? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show again. Um, it's good to talk some more VR. And I'm excited to uh, talk about Ancient Dungeon, to be honest, because I've played it over the past couple of days and, uh, yeah, really enjoying it. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Perfect. And of course, Gary is the author of The Memory Engine, an amazing book about virtual reality that you should not miss at all. So check it out. The link is down in the description of this video and also of the podcast. And Gary, I must tell you that your background looks so nice now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've changed things up. I want We got a comment in the last show. I was just saying before we started, we got a comment in the last show saying I need to uh, mix things up a bit, get it look, looking a little bit better. And it's been on the back of my mind anyway. I wanted to change the lighting in this room. So yeah, hopefully things look a little bit better now. It looks amazing. And of course, here with us, Anthony. Anthony from VR365. Anthony, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How's it going, everybody? Nice, good to have you here. And also with me, my name is Sebastian Ang. I'm running MRTV and I'm also the host of the, this podcast, which is called the Next Dimension Podcast. So for all of you out there who don't know yet about the Next Dimension Podcast, this podcast is broadcast live every Saturday at 9 p.m. Berlin time. 8 p.m. London, 12 noon in San Francisco, and 3 p.m. in New York City. And you can also listen to this podcast on all the podcast providers, like, for example, iTunes, Spotify, Alexa, and Google Podcasts. And if you enjoy this podcast, please help us by writing a very good comment. No, that was wrong. A very good review, I wanted to say. <laughs> you can also write a really good comment if you want, but we would love to have a really good review. They would really help us. So if you are now very close to your iPhone or your iPad, why don't you open the podcast app right now while we're talking and find the podcast app. Go and find the Next, the next Dimension podcast and give us a five-star review. That would be so awesome. So today we have so exciting topics to talk about. Wow. Ancient Dungeon, of course. That's going to be one topic. It's an amazing game. I'm so looking forward to actually play the update. I haven't played it yet. And I'm looking forward to find out what you have changed, Eric, like in the last half year. Amazing. Then we're going to talk about lots of new games 
you know, the PlayStation VR, it has been sitting there collecting dust, nothing was going on, and then suddenly Sony says, you know what, PSVR 2 is coming, and you know, here are six new games for you to check out. So one of the games is Doom 3. So we're going to talk about Doom 3 for the PSVR, and a new game called Fract, which really looks very nice. Yeah, talking about some games here, it's going to be really interesting. And then we're going to talk about Microsoft. Microsoft has introduced a new technology called Mesh, which looks very interesting, very cool for multi-user, multiplayer VR and AR applications. Very, very cool. And we also have some other little topics. But, of course, the main topic is going to be the HTC headset that is being teased by HTC on their Twitter. Is it going to be a Quest competitor? What are they doing? We're going to look at their tweets. We're going to discuss what we believe this could be and if it actually has a chance to pull it off to become mm -hmm. a successful Quest competitor. And as always, as you know, this show is also about you. So we want your opinion as well. So there's a new poll and you can read the new poll by going down to the link that's down in the description of this video. Simply click on, on, on vote and then please tell us, do you think HTC can pull it off? Do you think HTC can give us a successful Quest competitor? Please do vote now or later after we've discussed it if you're still like trying to find your, uh, yeah, your opinion based on what we say. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> Anyways, great. That's what's going to happen in this show. Spread the word. If you're watching this live, hello there. And why don't you spread the URL of this stream so that more people can watch this goodness live. All right. But now, as always, as in every episode, I want to go around and ask the members of this podcast what they've been doing. And first of all, I want to speak a bit with Eric for all the people who don't know Eric yet. And honestly, it's also the first time that we meet. We have never talked before. I just sent an email, uh, a message to you and asked you if you would like to come on. And yeah, it worked out well. So Eric, <laughs> I just know that you are the developer of Ancient Dungeon, a great game that people can download now for the Quest in App Lab and also for PC VR games. And I also know that you're German and that you're a student. But other than that, I don't quite know. So tell us a bit more about you. Um, yeah, sure. So yeah, hi. <laughs> I'm uh, Eric. Um, I'm developer of Ancient Dungeon. Um, yeah, it's a roguelike VR game. Uh, yeah, that like Sebastian already said that you can play on all major PC headsets for free at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm currently studying computer science in Germany and I'm almost finished with that. I just need to complete my master thesis, which has been a bit of a pain now that I'm developing the game pretty much <laughs> full time, even if I still have other things to do. Um, but yeah. Okay, what is your master thesis about? Um, it's about uh, photogrammetry and uh, LiDAR real-time reconstruction. So to put it in like a short sentence, maybe like you want to fly around with a drone or with a car, you want to f drive around and scan the area you're driving in in real-time and then map radioactivity values to those scans that you do. So you drive through a building 
and then you get a 3D map of the building, and then it shows radioactivity values if there is some radioactivity source somewhere. That's uh, the general idea. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah, I was also doing all kinds of smart things when I did my master thesis, and now I'm a YouTuber. <laughs> so that's your future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> very cool. Very nice. So amazing. Um, studying computer science um, in Germany and next to it as your hobby before, right? It was your hobby or, or was it already you want you knew already, okay, this is going to be my main gig later or uh, tell us a bit more how you got to this. Um, so I actually released two games before with two friends, which was also more like a hobby. Um, those were just mobile games that we just didn't know free time. Um, and yeah, after that, yeah, I, I mainly developed games like for as, like, as a hobby in my free time since several years already. But most of them were just like hobby projects that you just do and abandon after a few months or they never get to, to anything. Um, and this game also started like this. I basically just, yeah, started working on it because I'm like I missed a good VR run, dun, uh, roguelike or roguelite dungeon crawler, so I just started doing my own just as a hobby. But then okay. after yeah maybe a year or two of developing, it kind of gotten a bit bigger, and I started doing ad advertising and marketing for it, and got it out to people, and yeah, this now developed into a bit of a bigger project, so to say. <laughs> <laughs> it feels quite like it. It feels quite like it. Nice, cool. So you you have always been a VR fan. Tell us a bit more about your VR history. Um, yeah, so I actually got a Google Cardboard before I think all the major headsets were out. Not exactly sure when it launched. It was, I think, 2014, 13. I don't really remember. Right. Um, and then I saw uh, an advertisement or a video of a YouTuber that used the HEC Vive before it came out. And once I saw this video, I immediately pre-ordered one. Um, and since then, I'm pretty much hooked to VR. And um, yeah, I just I just love the technology. I love seeing it evolve. It's so interesting to see all the developments that are happening currently. It's it's awesome. It is, absolutely. Yeah, cool, perfect. Eric, we're going to talk way more with you about Ancient Dungeon later in the show. First of all, um, thank you. And um, uh, tell us probably also a bit like how does your normal week look like? Probably you're just like working on the on the thing, right? Ancient Dungeon. <laughs> Is this your week? Um, <laughs> like like so, bug fixing? Yeah, or currently it's, I mean, because like we're still pretty much in most of, most of lockdown, there isn't really much you can do like outside of, like there's not much many free time activities. I'm riding mountain bike sometimes. But other than that, yeah, I'm... Waking up, I try to work on my master thesis for a few hours in the morning, which doesn't always work <laughs> um, because like there's new Discord messages, new stuff, like so much happening. And then the rest of the day, I'm basically pretty much devoting all the time I get to developing the game. Um, Are you the only I, developer? I, Are you a one-man team for this? Or? Um, mostly. I was the, like for the most part, but in the last few months... Um, or even like a bit longer, there's a sound designer and composer that okay. now doing the music and the um, sound designs. And now, like since I started working on 0.8, like a new update that came out, uh, we, there's also now a writer that does all the dialogue stuff, the um, general lore, 
all the story parts, like all these small things, he's taking care of that. Okay. So it's a huge, huge help, definitely. It's, okay, great. Yeah, it's getting bigger and bigger. Right? It doesn't make sense to make it all alone anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, thanks, Eric. We're going to talk more uh, about Ancient Dungeon later, but we're also going to invite you for all of the other topics that we're going to talk today. So it's going to be a very interesting show. We're going to get to know you a bit better. That's amazing. All right. Um, how about Gary? How was how was your how was your last uh, few weeks that you've not been on the show? <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty good. Same old, same old, really. Um, but this past week, what what it is? One thing I want to mention is that i've gone back into do you remember that uh gta 5 mod the yes. real uh the real vr mod by uh luke ross i've gone back into that and i'm uh sort of messing around with that now i've got a 3080 because last time i tried it it was a long time ago it's sort of over a year ago i think when i last tried that um and i had a 1080 ti back then and it ran it ran okay um but there's something with the game with the way that that uh game engine renders it sort of alternates the frame rate. So you have 90 hertz. If you run it at 90 hertz, 90 frames per second, it sort of alternates the eyes. So it will uh, have a true frame in the right eye and then a true frame in the left eye. And then the other eye has sort of an estimated frame. And it, it basically makes the game look, whenever you play it with this mod, it makes it look like it's in constant reprojection. You know, that blurring kind of effect that you get with reprojection it, it looks like that um so what i did is i put it in the 3080 and then tried it with the index but i upped the refresh rate to 120 hertz and that made a difference it made it so that the reprojection wasn't as bad um and honestly that mod is pretty fantastic when when you okay. play it um it's a gamepad mod so you have to play through the game with a, a gamepad but i think there are there possibly are ways to get motion controllers in there as well i'm not sure with this particular uh, particular mod or not but either way i mean i just wanted to try it again now i've got this new pc i just wanted to try it again and it's 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 fantastic it gives you a wow. taste it's like a glimpse of what could be one day <laughs> wow so we just have to hope for dda6 being a vr game yeah you never know fingers crossed <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully hopefully nice cool anything else that you played or tried out in vr um ancient dungeon played that <laughs> right. um and the, oh uh, the other thing as well was the um you know those two new hand tracking uh ah, right. that on the quest i did try those as well um it's it's still finicky isn't it and and there's a lot of hand tracking stuff that i really like but it has to be so basic that it's almost um it's just sort of a, a to give you an idea of what it could do in the future and at the moment they're trying new things with this stuff and probably going beyond what the technology can currently do in in these two i mean i played that tiny castle um game which it's good. It's a good idea for a game. I just think it's the technology of the hand tracking with the Quest 2 is just still not quite there, unfortunately, to make it an enjoyable, fully enjoyable experience. But it's worth worth trying. Anyway. Oh, really? Wow. Because I, I I saw the videos of people of, of this, um, what you just talked about, and it looked so nice in the video. <laughs> yeah. It looked like, it oh. Looks, yeah. I've got to say, like, just looking around, the graphics look fantastic. For me, I've never had like a, a huge problem with the hand tracking, like glitching out and stuff like that. 
there's obviously things that you can do to make it glitch out, but I've never had a huge issue. But with that one in particular, there seemed to be more delay for a start on the, the hands themselves in that experience than there usually is. And just certain things just didn't seem to work quite so well for me. And it might okay. have been the lighting. It could very easily have been the lighting because I only tried it once, but yeah. <laughs> right, right. Cool. Anything more? That you did? No, no, that's <laughs> no, it, no. That's just it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Who's next, me or Anthony? Uh, we'll go for we'll go for Anthony this time. Let's okay. go straight to Anthony. Yeah. So uh, for me this week, honestly, mostly what I did was try to catch up on all the the flurry of like the game announcements that we had this week, and um, I also played a lot of ancient dungeon on app lab ancient dungeon beta on app lab i was playing that that was like my primary go-to game before i even knew eric was going to be on this episode oh that's perfect, so it was man. just uh yeah just pure coincidence but i mean i wanted to try out one of the things i wanted to do is try out all of the free app lab experiences and so i did try all of those i already talked about that drum game that was pretty good i tried this skiing and I tried the puzzle game and pretty much all of them. But, man, Ancient Dungeon Beta is... Well, we'll talk about that more later. Um, so in terms of what I might be able to talk about, one little thing I'll mention, I know we're going to be talking about all the big PlayStation VR games that got announced, but Wraith the Oblivion. I don't know if we're going to talk about that specifically, so I just wanted to mention really quick that I saw like a bunch of footage and like pictures and information about it. And it seems like this game is going to really take advantage of the Quest 2, the XR2. It it might be one of the more enhanced Quest 2 games we're going to see, Wraith the Oblivion. And so I'm really excited about that. I think it's coming out on April 22nd. So looking forward to that one. Right, right. I'm also looking forward to that one, even though I'm not the biggest horror fan. Because, you know, horror in VR is horrific <laughs> it's like it's like it's terrible eric do you like horror games um i i like to play them but then i pretty much don't last long <laughs> yeah, okay um, right you I have a look and then it's over yeah horror games it's cool because they're really immersive but it's <laughs> yeah, also right. at the same time bad because they are so immersive <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what i think too like it's amazing like how it can make you feel so scared but yeah then it makes you too scared at least in my case <laughs> at least <laughs> but actually even in your game even in your game i was thinking times sometimes wow <laughs> it is kind of dark and stuff and it could be it's sometimes even you feel that it, it's a bit scary but it's still right it's a good atmosphere that's what i like about your game yeah, right. We're going to talk about, the, talk about this later. Wow, we're getting back to ancient dungeons all the time now. You're in the beginning already. That's good. <laughs> That's good for you, Eric. Amazing. All right. Okay, for me, um, are, you re are you finished with your uh, week, Anthony? Or Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Going. <laughs> yeah. So for me, actually, one game that I really played a bit longer, like more than an hour, was The Climb 2. The Climb 2 is out now on the Quest store and it costs like 30 euros. Also comes from Germany, by the way. And it's great. I really, really enjoyed The Climb 2. I was already a big fan of The Climb 1 because I think this kind of climbing, this kind of game is just perfect for VR. You could never do this kind of game 
on a, on a flat screen, right? This is just like this kind of physicality that you really have to grab things and climb. It's fantastic. And now with the Climb 2, it's even better. Now you can climb in the city. They have some cool new ideas that they came up with, like platforms that will move and that you will have a hang along. And the graphics look beautiful. It's just the perfect quest game, right? Since you are like without a wire and stuff, you can feel free and then you climb up and when you're on top, ah, it's a great feeling. So I really enjoyed this game. I, I seldom have it that I really love a game from the beginning to the end, but for this game, it's amazing. And I even have not delved into like the options. Like for example, there's like a, a mode where you can run uh, against a ghost, right? So you see somebody else there on the leaderboards and you can just climb against him and you see the hands moving of, of the opponent. It's something like a time trial or so. Very, very well done. Has any of you played the climb too? No? No. Okay. I was um, I, I was going to ask though because I only played the original a little bit, like probably an hour, two hours at the very most of that game, I, I, I played that originally. Yeah. Is there anything, so I know from what I've heard so far, and maybe you can expand on this, Sebastian, is that yeah. so far I've heard that the game is pretty much the same as that, but you've got new environments and exactly. new little surprises on the way right. out. Um, that's it. Yeah. It's not, it's not like a whole new game. <laughs> but, no, no. But, but obviously there's new environments and... There's a lot of depth still into it because you, you can like get better. There's different ways you can climb, right? There's two different modes you can climb. Like one is like pro where where you have to chalk your hands and the other one is more like arcadey where you don't have to do these things and where it's more about speed. And um, yeah, it's cool. It's a really, really cool game. So did you enjoy the, the climb one, the one hour that you looked into it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I did. I thought it was good, but it didn't yeah. really make me want to go back okay. to it for whatever reason. It's not that I regret my time or I think it's a bad game because I thought actually I did have a pretty good time with it. But um, yeah, I just didn't seem to hook me, hook me for whatever reason. All right. Yeah. yeah, sure. Everybody has different games they like. So for this, yeah. for this, it really did. It really hooked me and I'm looking forward to go back to the game. And I think just think it's a great VR game that works really well in VR. This is this is like really one thing. Other than that, I did the normal MRTV thing. <laughs> I reviewed some <clears throat> some stuff, like for example, <laughs> the the head strap, the VR cover head strap for the Quest Two, which is cool. Then I made a video about mm, do I th still think it's worth it to get the PSVR One, even the PSVR Two is announced. My outcome. Yes, <laughs> since there's still lots of amazing games and it will take a long time until the Quest, uh, until the PSVR 2 is out. And now we're even getting more games. So I still think for people who have a PlayStation uh, 4 or 4 Pro or 5, it still makes sense to get the, play, the, the PlayStation VR, right? Of course, there's great Especially if you yeah. buy it used for like 100 bucks. That's the point. That's the <laughs> from point. From the guy down the street. Exactly, Anthony. I totally agree. If you can get it for cheap, like like used, or probably there's a deal for that mega pack with the five best games for $250 or what, go for it. It's, it's really cool. And then, of course, yeah, I did show about the HTC Vive Move. Let me call it like this. This kind of probably standalone headset that's going to come out. And it was pretty exciting to find out about this. Actually, I already, like, like a week ago or longer, I heard some rumors about it from my inside connections. And it's really cool to find it now that it's going to happen. 
exciting times. Anyways, we're going to talk about this, and now we're going to delve into the topics, and we're going to start with the PSVR topics. Suddenly, it seems like Sony is like uh, completely going bullish again on the PlayStation VR because for quite a long time we haven't heard anything from Sony. There were no new game announce game announcements. We didn't hear from the PSVR 2, right? And then suddenly now PSVR 2 announcement and then this um, on their PlayStation blog this new v PSVR Spotlight they call it and then it was like on 3rd of March they announced six games and every half hour they would announce a new game. And these games are, that coming for PlayStation VR, After the Fall, which is a zombie shooter, a cooperative zombie shooter that we're going to talk more about in a moment. Zenith, it's an MMO game, a, a Japanese RPG-inspired MMO game. I Expect You to Die too is coming to the PlayStation VR. Then uh, another game, which looks really amazing, we're going to have a look at the trailer in a moment, Fract, and it's a PlayStation VR exclusive. This is uh, from, the, from the people who made this um, Phantom covered ops for the Quest. Looks amazing. Another game is called Song in the Smoke, it's some kind of survival game in Africa or so. And then Doom 3, oh my god, Doom 3 is coming to the PlayStation VR. Wow. It's interesting, right, that suddenly there are so many games coming out. What, what do you think about this? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing. It was like just uh, like a combination, a flurry of activity. Because actually, if you look at all of these individual games, they all have something pretty interesting about them. Like that Zenith game. We've known about this Zenith game for a long time, but I thought the trailer that they showed, the new footage, I think it looks really good. It's like an MMO. Uh, it, it was a Kickstarter that got ridiculously supported with unbelievable amounts of money, and um, they're coming through with a really nice game. It looks good. That Fract game looks good. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty cool, right? Eric, um, do you own a PlayStation VR? Uh, it's, no, it's I think one of the few headsets I don't have. Um, so okay. I'm not it really was very nice to get on... to know you. That's it. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, we talk. We're not going to talk about ancient dungeon anymore. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, it's, so, it's one of the few things I don't really keep up up to date with. Um, so yeah, like the only few things I know is that I think PSVR is still one of the best selling headsets. Uh, one um like prior to Quest 2 maybe. Yep. So it was weird to see, like I got a few news like that Sony isn't really too keen on VR or something. Like they didn't really care too much. A bit like Microsoft with mixed reality. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, right, right. Um, yeah, it's but it's cool that they now announced PSVR 2 and, uh, and the new game. stuff is coming. So right. I'm looking forward to like the improvements especially because I heard that PSVR... Tracking is not the most polished out there. Yeah, right. It's um, yeah, it's front facing, and okay. the lighting must be all right. But if you are, if you have the right lighting, then it's actually fine. But it's not so great. Would it okay, be? Cool. Would, it, would it be? <laughs> it's uh, actually fine, but it's not so great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you, if everything is okay, then it's okay. But you can easily get out of the zones. Yeah, it's not so nice. Eric, would it be easy for you to port your game to uh, PlayStation VR? 
or something that I you that you think about i think it shouldn't be too much work okay um maybe yeah, maybe <laughs> hard to tell <laughs> i mean i'm using unity engine so it's right. possible for me to like just export to playstation i think the biggest entry like the hurdle of entry is getting on the psvr store like i think so the pitching process getting a dev kit and all that stuff i right. haven't really looked at into that at all okay. uh, maybe once the game is released and i have some data to back up my claims and maybe they reach out i don't know what their plans are maybe i can reach out because now i have okay this game is on steam is here right exactly it should, it should be possible to, to get them to show exactly than to just go in and say okay i'm having a game in the works yeah um, no, no. because i think they get millions of requests daily like this right so, yeah. i agree but i think i really do believe you're right with with the name that you're building right now for the game it shouldn't be too complicated Anyways, yeah, and um, how about Gary? Do you still own a PSVR? I don't know, no. Oh, yeah. And it's sort oh. of, how much regret must I have? It's going to be yeah. incredible, isn't it? I, I, I do exactly. have a lot of regret right now because there's that one, I'm, I'm just trying to find the name of it now, Sebastian, that one, uh, The yeah. Smoke, um, the one with the animals. Song in the Smoke. Yeah, song The Song in the Smoke, yeah. That one stood out to me more than oh, really? some of the others, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. I just thought that looked... I just thought it looked great, not necessarily even my kind of game, but I just thought it looked great uh -huh. um, and looked like it had a fair amount of depth to it as well, which is, is something that always attracts me in these kinds of games. But um, there was a lot there. And of course, like Doom 3. Yeah, we're going to talk <laughs> about 3. it now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Doom 3 then. Let's have a look at the trailer together. And uh, wow, that's really interesting. So Doom 3, Doom 3 VR edition for the PlayStation VR. It's going to happen on 29th of March already, very soon, and it's going to support the PSVR aim controller, and that's what I'm really excited about. This is a very cool accessory, and for all the people who have never tried PSVR out there, just for that, it's already worth it. Like Farpoint, for example, it's now free on the PlayStation VR Plus um, um, subscription, and it's fantastic with that gun controller, and that you can play this game Doom 3 with the gun controller. This is amazing and also comes with the Lost Mission and the Resurrection of Evil expansion kits. So, also, um, Bethesda says in the blog post the game is getting all new VR enhancements that allow you to peer around corners, angling your shots with flashlight-mounted weapons using motion controls, 180-degree quick-turn functionality to catch demons sneaking up from behind, and an immersive wrist-mounted display to track your health, armor, and ammo. So cool, they even improved the game. So I'm absolutely looking forward to that. And now, why don't I just start the, the trailer here? And uh, yeah, let me turn on the, the sound a bit for this. So, yeah, it, it looks pretty cool. So I have already tried the game in VR on the Quest, right? We had this 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 game on on uh, from from Doctor Team Beef. Yeah, kind of weird, huh? Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was already, but that was already pretty good, I think. Have you have you tried it? Oh, uh, Anthony? fantastic! Go yeah, go okay. ahead, Anthony. Yeah. No, I wasn't going to talk about the uh, the quest port, but what I'll say real quick, just yeah, about right, right. Doom Three, okay. is if you go back to 2016, it was Doom Three BFG on PC, right. the PC yeah. VR mod. Like that was in 2016 when I first got VR, Doom Three BFG with that mod 
going down those hallways with the smoke and stuff like straight like aliens you know and it's like man that that was incredible and it's it's funny that like of all the places that that game has ended up officially like that game to officially come out somewhere playstation vr yeah, how really exactly I mean, it just weird to me. Yeah. exactly and gary how about you how about you how do you feel about yeah. this I was going to say the same thing as Anthony with the uh, the Doom 3 BFG mod on PC because that was the first thing. It was like um, when that first came out, it was a little bit bare bones, but it was fully working. You know, it had motion controller support. That The first game, that was the first game of its type where you could wander around corridors with natural, well, sort of thumbstick locomotion um, or trackpad locomotion on the Vive ones as it was back then and shoot things in that way. There wasn't a lot back then that, that was doing that same thing. So that mod really blew me away. And on the Quest, the, uh, the the new version, so it's Doom 3. It's not the BFG version on the Quest. Right. And I don't know what this version is. It just says the VR edition. I assume it's going to be the BFG version, maybe adapted slightly as well. I'm not sure if it mentioned anything about that in the it article. It does have, it has the expansions, the two yeah. expansions. Right, right. Anyways, I must say I'm really excited about this. I'm definitely going to check it out. And on the PSVR, I believe it's going to be beautiful because you have these dark blacks, these OLED blacks, the true blacks, and the game is a bit spooky. <laughs> That's what I found out when I was playing it on the Quest 3. So I'm looking to, forward to play that on the, on the PSVR and then also with the aim controller. Wow. But I also believe that this means there's no... No Doom Eternal are going to come out. Anthony, we have been talking about this in the show. Yeah, that was the rumor, right? Yeah, yeah. There was I our assume... rumor. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is that Australian board thing, uh, that's probably what this is. I mean, right, what are the so. odds that that Australian board leak and there's a Doom game all of a sudden announced it's coming out on March 29th? I mean, that's boom real quick. Um, I think all of it correlates but the Australian ratings board said multiplayer, and this doesn't have multiplayer. So some people right. still have a tiny bit of hope that maybe there's some other Doom game that's still coming to other VR platforms. So we'll see what happens with that. Right, right. Let's see. Eric, um, is this your kind of game? Do you like first-person shooters? Do you like Doom? Um I actually haven't played the, the, the Dr. Beef parts of Doom yet. I always wanted to. But I even set it up one time, I think. But for some reason, I didn't play it. I don't know <laughs> okay. why. Um, so I can't really comment on that a lot. But right. it looks really cool. So I'm like, I'm most like, if a game is polished in VR, which a lot of games don't really have a lot of, then right. it's always a win in my eyes. So if it's from a bigger company, I hope that it has like this level of polish that you just get lost in the world instead of having some kind of jank or like something that like puts you out of the immersiveness right so if they like really get it polished up and like having you lose uh, like get, get loose in there then i think yeah then i would have like tons of fun in like a doom game or even any game i think i mean right you e eric i really think you should pick up the playstation vr because to get onto that store is not so easy. And that's for a reason, because the stuff really is polished that you can find there for PlayStation VR. Everything is very smooth, and basically they're doing a good job with that quality control. So, yeah, probably should think about picking up the PlayStation <laughs> VR. <laughs> Even it's old now, but it's still, it's still pretty cool. 
And then you can think about like porting your game there too. Yeah. So this is. Hey, wait, wait. Yep. One last thing. One okay. last thing about this announcement that I think is really important. It's more important than Doom 3 coming to PlayStation VR. That's cool and everything. But the coolest thing about this is that we might start getting these classic games brought to VR from Bethesda. They've got Quake, they've got the original Doom, they've got, you know, they've got these this back catalog that they can make. There's there's mods for all of them on all kinds of headsets, but it's just nice if you could be on the quest or whatever and you just buy the retro version of Doom or the retro version of Quake, you know, just officially. And I kind of think uh. that's cool that that might start with this game. It might be the first one to it, start it off. That would it would be amazing. Is. Yeah, and I've got to say, like some of those that you mentioned there, that, that the original Doom and Quake works so well in VR. They work incredibly well in VR. Why don't they just do that? It's, it can't be hard work. People, modders have done this in their spare time. Surely Bethesda could put this. And I, I expect them to, if they are going to do it, do it in this way where they put it on PSVR because it's got a huge market base and it's going to get the, the headlines as well if they do that kind of stuff. And it, it just seems like a no-brainer in, in many ways um uh, sometimes i think like i just don't understand games companies how they work because there's got to be things things behind the scenes that stop them from doing this that i just don't know <laughs> you're right really it, it, it seems like it would be so easy just like you mentioned and also why not make some more money with those old games right because they, they're not really like monetizing them so much anymore right now but with this they are opening it up to a whole new whole new people who would play it. So I totally agree with you. They should totally just just do it. I yeah. think it's probably because like what I think is that they just see the market share of VR headsets and say, okay, if we put 10 developers on, on a port on this, these 10 developers would not create something that we make way more money with. So oh, okay. they kind of say, I mean, it would maybe make them money or give, give, like they would profit from it, but they would profit even more if they just stick yeah. to the original route of doing normal stuff. Put one on. Uh, just put one on. <laughs> yeah, put Eric on it. Put Eric on it. Okay. Yeah, right. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Now we're going to talk about the next game. The next game that we saw on that on that showcase from PlayStation, and it's called Fract. And we're going to have a look at the trailer together. And yeah, it looks it looks pretty pretty good. So we see somebody skiing down the slopes here, and this game is done by the developer of um, what's the name of the game? The Kano game, Covered Ops. Now, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Phantom Covered Ops. And for um, for Covered Ops, it's a game where you are in this little boat and you also have this interesting locomotion, right? But you're only in the boat. But here, you can run, you have skiing, you have climbing, and you have this very cool cell-shaded style. With And uh, it looks so cool. It looks like Borderlands with lots of action. And uh, honestly speaking, I can't wait for this to happen. Fracked going to happen on summer 2021 exclusive to playstation what what, what is your uh, what, what's your feeling on that trailer are you also as excited as me i'm, I'm really excited looking at this yeah i mean it, it does look good it has the thing about that art style though is like when is that going to start to get tired at a certain oh, really? point is okay. the cell shading going to start to get tired <laughs> but it does use kind of an interesting 
like variation on the cell shaded look. And the other thing about that cell shading is it, it allows the game to run so much smoother and, you know, it's, it's less uh, intense uh -huh. on the hardware that's running it, which makes me think exclusive for how long, because right. this thing's coming to the quest eventually. Now, you just, think so? I mean, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> this, like, we don't know really what exclusive means anymore. Uh -huh. There needs to be some kind of, like, uh, standards for what an exclusion means, like exclusion forever, exclusion temporary, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I think it looks pretty cool, and um, I liked Phantom Covert Ops. I think In Dream In Dreams get did a pretty fantastic job with that, and this is going to be more varied because you're not just on skis; you're going to be running around exactly. and doing the other stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. One more thing that I want to say about this: um, the developers say that they also have like optimized this for PlayStation Five. So this seems to be a game that really makes use of the power of the PlayStation 5. So it seems that this is going to look even better on the PlayStation 5 than it's going to look on the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 4 Pro, which is cool, right? So unlike, unlike Quest 2, where no game actually is really like, like fully taking advantage of that XR2 chipset, this is taking advantage of the, of the, um, of the PlayStation 5, which is pretty cool. Right, Gary? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, no, that is that is cool. Yeah, I think that's a, a great thing for them to do. Um, and this trailer looks really good. I do get... It's like that Borderlands kind of feel, isn't it, on this as well? It's got that cel-shaded look and the, the, the cartoony kind of look with it. But it, the, the issue with it is it looks so good in VR. Those games look so good in VR. And so I guess if they're using that and it looks that good, then I'm okay with it. Um I've recently played a game called Powder VR, just a, like a downhill skiing, racing game and that kind of stuff. Actually really good. I, I really enjoyed my time in there. Um, skiing mainly, I didn't get on with the snowboarding side of things. But just looking at this trailer and having those extra mechanics with that feeling, because it's that feeling in Powder VR that I get when, when you are going down that mountain, Right. Um, having skied in real life, it does feel like, you know, it's a great experience just to do that. But having these extra mechanics on top of that, I think it's it looks, uh, yeah, it's one of the one of the highlights for sure. Yeah. Looking forward to that. And um, Eric, apart from your own game, what kind of games do you like to play? Do you think that this might be something that interests you if you had a PlayStation Definitely. VR? Yeah, <laughs> I, I watched a trailer earlier and like it seems really fast paced from what I've seen. Right. And what I really like about VR games is when you are like crouching and ducking behind stuff. You need to shoot and you need to move, and you like like stuff is happening. Like there's action because then you kind of forget that you're in, like that you have a have a headset on and you're kind of right. focusing on all of the action. Um, so I'm and I'm digging the art style. It <laughs> looks uh, really cool. I mean, yeah, like these these simple low poly styles. I think they work pretty well in VR. Um, <laughs> like an ancient ancient dungeon. It's also kind um, of low poly. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why I like this outside. So. <laughs> yeah, okay, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, cool. Cool, fracked. Really looking forward to that. Man, Eric, it seems like you, you got to get that PSVR going, man. <laughs> I'm not working for Sony, by the way. Okay. <laughs> but, He's probably thinking, man, I've got like enough headsets littered around the house as it is. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> But it's re it's really worth it. It's I really I think like, it's worth it. I have like a free free of those. I've already uh, like given to friends to try out. All right. So they like 
they don't clutter my space and they can play. <laughs> good, very good. <laughs> okay, cool. We don't all have we don't all have a giant museum that we could have all our stuff housed at like you got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool, but at the same time, you're using the same two headsets. Uh, most of the time, so right. And the other headsets only get used for testing stuff or like for some exclusive stuff, maybe. But that happens rarely. Right, right. Now, now that we added, what is your favorite headset, um, Eric? Um, like if price doesn't. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. Just like then what it's is... probably the Index. Okay, um, yeah, it's an amazing headset. Yeah, but the price is just oh my god. Yeah, it's quite expensive. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But I got a dev kit, so. Oh, okay, perfect. That's good to know. But yeah, that's, it's just, I love it. It's my favorite one. Yeah. Yep, it's great. All right, let's talk about another game that I am personally really looking forward to. And that game is After the Fall. And After the Fall, it's a game made by Vertigo Games. And we're, looking, we're going to look at the trailer right now, at the new trailer that just came out. And Vertigo Games, they did Arizona Sunshine before. Probably all of us, all of the VR people have played that. That, that game, it's a zombie shooter. And now this game is another shooter. It's um, a cooperative shooter. And that's what I think is cool for four players. So four players. You can get together with three of your friends and then play the game together, the whole story mode. And, well, it's set in a kind of... A, Icelandic futuristic environment and yeah you have to fight against lots of zombies and well you're playing together with four friends uh, with three friends and I played this game I played this game in games uh, gamescom in uh, Cologne in 2019 there I could play it together with one of the devs and I had so much fun it looked amazing at that time already and that kind of um, cooperative style It's fantastic. I personally always love it when you can play games together with with a buddy. You know, when you can somehow like experience a game together. It feels like you are on an on an adventure together. And I can just remember how much fun I had to play Stormland with a buddy of me. It's like it, it felt like we are on on some kind of uh, holiday together. <laughs> it's it's so cool. And this one. After the fall looks absolutely amazing. It's going to happen in summer, 20, it's summer 21. Not only on the PlayStation VR, but also on other headsets on the Rift, I think, and also on the Steam VR. So I believe this is this is kind of crossplay even, and I'm pretty excited about it. How about you? It's already wishlisted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. You're also looking forward to it, Eric. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Just multiplayer experiences, like play with friends um it's like always so much more fun right to like play these type of types of games like with someone else so i'm yeah i'm You're looking perfect um do you do you have friends that like vr like i have um, friends who have who like vr only because of the, i'm doing this channel but my high school friends like i'm the only one nobody has any idea about this whole stuff <laughs> um Yeah, I have I have a few friends that uh, also play VR and I play VR with them uh, a lot of times. Um, I don't know how many. It's like three or four okay. out of yeah enough now. Yeah, yeah it's enough to play. <laughs> yeah, basically. okay. Yeah, but it's still slow. Yeah. How about the others? What do you think about this game? Are you looking forward to it? 
Yeah, the same as you, Sebastian. I've not got, like, my real-life friends are not into VR at all. I've only got the people that I've met through uh, <laughs> yeah. sort of talking about VR on uh, the internet, really. So, um, I, to be honest, I'm not... It's not that I wouldn't enjoy going through this as multiplayer, because I'm sure I would. I just tend to gravitate to single-player games. That's just the way I, I tend to play. Do you know, Is do you have to play with others with this? Or is no, it, no, no. You can, you can play solo style. Okay. It's yeah, adjustable. That's okay. Think yeah, of that's... it like Halo, Halo uh, was it Halo 3? That had like the four player multiplayer capability, but you could play it single or whatever. Yeah, it's like, I think like the Division as well, you can play that sort of... Um, co-op or you can play that single player so if it's that kind of game as well then maybe i'll i'll take a look at it i'll, I'll be honest I'll, i think it looks really good and i really enjoyed arizona sunshine so there's no reason why i shouldn't like this one as well and it looks to me like um vertigo games have upped their game with this one because from the trailer at least um it seems to blow arizona sunshine out of the water in yeah. terms of some of the Abs set pieces absolutely and things like that. Um, there's no comparison really looks yeah. so good so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, too. And um, if I can play through it, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I, I, maybe I'm just an antisocial guy. I just <laughs> like <laughs> being single player kind of stuff. But if people want uh, would like to join me for a, a try, then uh, I'm, I'm more than willing to give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> OK, perfect. Yeah. So this is going to happen in summer 2021. So, yeah, it's, it, it feels like VR is not dead at all. <laughs> Right, there's so many things happening right now. PSVR two, um, Quest Pro rumors, um, HTC Vive standalone headset rumors, so many things happening, and it feels like something is happening right now. Wow, I'm I'm really excited about this. Okay, um, Gary, do you want to talk about Song in the Smoke? Should we have a look at? The, I can I can get the the trailer yeah. if you want. Yeah, 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 we can do that. Um, only because, I mean, I've literally only seen the trailer um, a <laughs> yeah, couple of times. But, um, yeah, the basically, I think the art style looks fantastic anyway. And it's sort of reminiscent of some of these other games that we've seen in terms of art style. But it's a survival game. And to me, what I want from these kinds of games is is depth and longevity that, that keeps, again, like a single player coming back to experience that world. Um, and gaming science teacher, teacher put in chat that this is also coming to the quest as well. Okay. Um, so I can still still give it a try there. Um, but yeah, I, this is just the one that seemed to stand out to me in terms of how it looked, the vibe of it, and mm -hmm. just overall, um, it seemed more my kind of game, uh, to be honest. Sort of perhaps slower paced, um, but with quite a bit of depth as well. So that that's really what I, I like. It looks beautiful. It looks like you are in some kind of African nation, probably somewhere in Africa, and you, you simply have to survive right in the wilderness and you have to make fire. And I'm seeing a lion right now. Yeah, I think there's, there's, <laughs> yeah, a, there's a lion there well. in VR. Come on, it must be amazing. Song <laughs> yeah, in the Smoke. There's combat, combat in there as well. Yeah, you've okay. got the, um, yeah, the bow and arrow and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know much else about it. I just, yeah, the, the trailer yeah. was the one that okay. spoke to me the most. Okay. So then, uh, probably a game like The Forest is just up your alley, something like this. Or have you? Have you well, tried? yeah, I've played. I have played The Forest, um, yeah. but I've, I've not spent a huge amount of time in there because yeah, I didn't like the other side of it, where you get kidnapped by these zombie people okay. and taken into the cave. <laughs> okay, I like I being it. out in the forest, but I didn't like that side. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Song in the smog. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. 
that's going to happen sometime on the PlayStation VR and on the Quest as well. Okay, cool. All right, then now we can go to our next topic here. And um, that topic, it has to do also with augmented reality. We are looking now at Microsoft Mesh. That's something that Microsoft has announced at their Ignite platform. And well, it is a service. It's a cloud-based service for building multi-user XR applications. And let me read a bit from the Road to VR article. It's a new cloud-based service, which Microsoft says will streamline the creation of multi-user XR applications. And it's a, it's a framework for connecting users into shared instances, which support spatial voice communication, cloud-based asset management, persistent scenes, and a common avatar system. So what does this actually mean? It means like, let's say uh, you have that beautiful AR headset, like here, I have it here. This is, for example, this is the HoloLens 2 that I have here right now. And, uh, or you have, or you have like, I don't know, an Unreal or any kind of AR headset that's coming out. And then you have like um, a geographical place, like for example, Times Square. And then now you're at Times Square with your cool AR headset and you see some other people who also have AR headsets. And well, you can be in the same space, not only physically, but you can see the same stuff happening. And you can play the same multiplayer games and you see the same enemies and you can uh, communicate uh, using the voice platform. And if I'm not at Times Square, which I am not, I am in Dortmund <laughs> in Germany, yeah? So if you, if, you, if you then want to join them, you can and you will see the same stuff that they see and you can communicate with them just as if you were at Times Square. And actually, uh, Niantic Software, the, the Pokemon, Go pe Pokemon Go people, they have shown this off in uh, a little video that I want to show you right now. So it's, this is a concept demo Okay, now I have to, we have to look at the ad right now here, sorry. Yeah, that's YouTube. <laughs> but then after, after, after the ad is over, you're going to see that, um, you're going to see that, so Pokemon Go. I'm here in the garden. Okay, well, let me, let me this just, so great. It's like I'm actually here, John. let me just um, forward this to the interesting part. So he, he's wearing that HoloLens and he's outside and he's, he's seeing these Pokemon there, which is all okay. And now he's interacting with, uh, with some menu and yeah, he's basically playing Pokemon Go there. But now the interesting part is in a moment, his friend is going to join that geographical location and she also wears a HoloLens and then they see the same thing, they see the same stuff uh, in, in, in AR, and then their Pokemons can fight against each other. So this is going to happen now. So he's leaving the, the space now, and now there's the colleague. And now they're going to get their fight on. And this is what Microsoft Mesh actually is, uh, is making possible which probably right now at this moment in time, probably not many people can appreciate that, but actually it's a big deal. It's a very interesting deal for the future. And the interesting part is this is not only based on Microsoft headsets, so it does not need to be a HoloLens. 
It does not need to be a, a Windows Mixed Reality headset. A developer like Eric could use this, for example, and make a Quest mm -hmm. game that's also using this kind of feature. So, Eric, probably I can ask you, uh, what are your thoughts about this? Is it interesting for you as a developer? Um, it looks pretty promising and pretty interesting um, if it works how they advertise it. <laughs> You're right. Um, <laughs> so, um, like, it, like, having shared spaces basically everywhere and not just like having it somehow oops now you were gone no but oh, now you, you're back just yes but now you're back okay good to know uh okay so uh yeah like having like having shared spaces like basically everywhere especially outside would probably be pretty interesting um because you can have like basically every, every anywhere you go you can basically create some kind of game that you can play with friends like you could even do like some kind of like i think there was some demo of a game like which was on the quest with of the um, space pirate trainer developers mm -hmm. where they have these shared oh, yeah. space uh shooting game but i think like but yeah but having that like everywhere you can just i don't know go on a football field or something and uh, and just play with your friends and like have like stuff happening on all of the headsets at the same location if that works how it's advertised <laughs> be a pretty huge deal like i think that's still a long way to go to, to have this working flawlessly but like proof of concept stuff should probably also be interesting to look at right right and uh, gary i know that you are a believer in augmented reality Right? Yeah, still, you uh, still are. <laughs> for, for, yeah, for the dream of it, for yeah. for the dream of what it can be, perhaps one day, and this sort of demonstrates that in in a way. There's a few things with this. There was uh, what you're showing there with the Pokemon stuff, um, and then there was another trailer. I don't know if we'll get onto that where they shown sort of perhaps even further ahead where they had these people with the um, the volumetric capture of these people. All right. Yes. Right. Now. Right. I don't know. Hollow portation. Hollow yeah, portation. I don't. I don't <laughs> know what they were. I mean, presumably that was just pure proof of concepts, and they've got no plans to actually integrate that kind of stuff into a headset yet. Um, because the ways to do that at the moment, they've already already demonstrated this. Um, Microsoft have in the past where they have these cameras set up in rooms, and then they can capture a person volumetrically and then transport it to somebody else uh, over the other side of the country who is wearing a, a hollow lens. And they can do this, but you obviously need these cameras set up around your room and you can only have it in certain locations. What they were showing here in another trailer was the fact that they could do this kind of stuff just on the street, <laughs> you know, transport you your yeah, holograms. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they're planning on doing that. I mean, look, maybe it was just trying to sell this this dream through a trailer and, and that's why they did it. It wasn't <clears> any <throat> solid plans to actually integrate that into a future headset. I don't know. But overall, go, just going back to uh, the original thing, I thought this, this, this looked... You know, it's what we all want, I think, isn't it? These kind yeah. of like what Eric was describing, um, the this shared space where people can in interact with the same things that they're seeing, these same digital um, things just in, in space around us um, and just augment the whole world, which we can all interact with in the same way. Um, that would be a fantastic thing to to do so I, I like the idea of it. And by all accounts, you know, people that went into this event, they said that, 
it was a pretty incredible experience. And there were there were points in that where Kip, what's uh, what's the guy's name? Alex um, Kipman. Alex Kipman, yeah, sorry. Um, he was uh, volumetrically captured at points right. within that experience, I believe, as well. Um, and that can really sell the, the experience. It, it doesn't matter the behind-the-scenes work that took to set that up. It can still impress people just by having that kind of uh, experience in virtual reality. I think so, too. And by the way, I believe that one thing that we're all going to see outside in the future when we wear our cool AR headset is advertisement. <laughs> advertisement yeah. in all kind of spaces. <laughs> yeah, that everyone can see at the same time when we are at Times Square. Instead of these... That's only for the free AR headsets. <laughs> you're if you right. pay for the you're premium right. one, you're right. turn off the ads. Yeah, you're right. That's a good idea. That's a perfect idea. Exactly. Get this amazing... Quest XR for only $199 and then but unfortunately outside everything is plastered with advertisements. Yeah, most probably going to happen like this. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, um Anthony, I how is your feeling about AR right now? Well, no, I'm into AR, but what I'll say specifically on Microsoft Mesh is there's nothing incredibly breakthrough that's going on here. This is the technology that they're doing is the same thing a lot of other companies are doing. Like Magic Leap, they were doing what's called the Magic Verse. Basically, what all of this is, is like combining spatial awareness and, and transporting people to a shared space, trying to find um, like shared anchors to have like little physical uh, things that people can place things on where there's like a table that. Uh, everybody has some type of table service and they can come over by and they can do their thing in front of it. So none of this is like like unseen technology that we've never seen before. Um, but what Microsoft does have is they have Azure, Azure or however you pronounce it. You yeah. know, they have their web services capability, which that's actually going to be mission critical like long-term going forward. That's one huge advantage that Microsoft is going to have over Facebook. Facebook mm -hmm. doesn't have like AWS, like Amazon Web Service. So Amazon might eventually get into this game at some point sure. because when edge computing comes into play, that's where having that kind of system set up is going to be a real advantageous. And Microsoft does have that. Of course, uh, I agree. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty interesting, I believe. And our AR future is upon us. It's going to happen eventually, but it might take another few years before we all run around with our AR headsets. But it's going to be exciting. All right. I believe we can now jump to the next um, topics. It's like uh, now we get to some quest topics, and then we're going to talk about Ancient Dungeon, and then we're going to talk about the HTC. That's the plan for tonight. So we have two small topics. Uh, about the Quest. Uh, one is probably a bit bigger, but uh, let's see how it goes. So, the Quest is now the most used headset on Steam. Monthly connected headsets hit a record high of 2.8 million. So, wow. So, last month, from the Steam VR survey, we learned that the Quest 2 was only the, was only the second most used headset on Steam after the Rift S, but now, this month, it is already on number one. So it's incredible. The, the mostly used headset on Steam are actually Quest 2s. It's incredible, right? How, how successful they are with this, with this Quest 2. 
It, the dominance is complete. The dominance yeah. is complete. The mission accomplished. Not not yet. The mission is actually to get like one billion people into VR, right, from Mark Zuckerberg. But this is kind of, wow, interesting. Did you expect this headset to be so successful, Eric? Um, I mean, the Quest was already relatively successful, but the Quest 2 pretty much blew everything out of the water. Um, so, like... The price point was pretty aggressive, and the headset itself is really good. I mean, for that price point, I, I mean, no one can really compete because Facebook has too much money on their hands. Um, but yeah, like just in general, like the adoption of this headset is so crazy. I mean, like both of my friends that I play with regularly, they both bought a Quest 2. Um, they had a Rift S before that, I think, but what, that they didn't play a lot of VR. But once the Quest 2 dropped, now we're playing like almost every few days. And like because the simplicity of having the headset, even if you're using virtual desktop or something, it's just something that's so easy to set up instead of having cables dangling around, setting up you're lighthouses right. and everything. So I kind of get why it's so popular. It makes um, sense. But um, so um, your friends, they are also in Germany, so they had to import yeah. it from Amazon, what France? <laughs> yeah, we all bought it uh, on Amazon France okay, <laughs> and imported yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, of course. It, it's no problem, right? I also bought it from Amazon yeah. France and it came like two days later. It's yeah. nearly the same, right? So no problem for us good old Germans. <laughs> yes, but it's, it's, it's crazy um, that it's like, like so dominant even on that PC VR platform, right? That it's like it's the dominant headset even more um, successful than yeah, the Yeah, that's what's surprising. Yeah, right? Like just yeah, because why? like a lot of people that are like like on the Discord server, for example, that play my game, a lot of them don't even have a PC or just a laptop where they use SideQuest with, but they don't have the capabilities to even run Steam VR. And like that's like there's just a small subset of Quest 2 players playing Steam VR games. And even then they're dominating the whole like market share. It's it's crazy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's actually crazy. Mm. <laughs> well the the I, I think as well, you've got to take into account these people that are Okay, just last week, a friend of mine is starting, who I've been on uh, about VR for God knows how long. He's finally got interest in, in VR now. And he said, which headset should I, should I get? I want to do sim racing, this kind of stuff. The simple fact is that I have to recommend the Quest 2 yeah, to yeah, him. Yeah, of course, of course. Because it's the best one that I can recommend to him for that purpose. So I think there's a significant number of people that purchase that headset just to play on PC as well. I'm not saying it's most people, of course, it's not most people, but I think there is a significant number of people. And anybody now that is looking into getting a PC VR headset, the Quest 2 is on that list of headsets to get. Yeah. And not only is it on that list, it's probably very close to the top, unless they want to fork out for something like the G2 or the Index or something like that, or because the Rift S, nobody's going to really go for the rift s anymore as much as i think that headset is still a fantastic proposition it's been discontinued so it seems like the quest 2 is a no-brainer isn't it yeah okay. absolutely it's a it's a total no-brainer and if if i was like a hardware manufacturer yeah why would i want to come out with a pcvr headset it's just like uh, you cannot re reach the mass market. You can reach some enthusiasts who are watching this this show right now. <laughs> yeah, the the two hundred people or so. But it's just like 
you cannot reach the mass market. You cannot reach people who don't have a gaming PC. And most people simply don't have a gaming PC. It's just a fact. So yeah, it makes it makes sense. Like Facebook, they are so smart. They are really, really one of the smartest companies out there. And so far, they have done everything right. People even swallowed the Facebook forced login because of the XR2 chipset. I've said that a lot of times on this channel. So it's it's incredible. They've done an amazing job. What do you th what do you think, um, Anthony? Will they keep that domination over the next few years, or is there anything that's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, the one thing that could have happened, of course, you know, we talked about it last week. Was it last week or the week before? Um, but see, the thing is, is like, it's funny that so many people are getting the quest to, to play PC VR games. And I think a lot of these people are using virtual desktop. They buy a Quest 2, they pay the 20 bucks, now, all of a sudden, they've got a wireless PC VR headset in their room that works pretty good, like 85% of the time. Most games, it works great, and it's it's a decent enough experience. Yeah, there might be a little bit of latency. I was using virtual desktop very recently myself, actually, and I noticed there's a little bit of a dip in the colors. Like, does anybody else notice that? But it didn't seem quite as like vivid as it would be with like a real cord and everything but still the convenience factor is just off the charts but it's like why are so many people interested in this wireless and what did sony do a wire but that that was last week I'm <laughs> that sorry. was last week yeah you're right yeah they've just done everything right and uh the user experience is just so polished it's so beautiful everything from the beginning like how to set it up right with how easy it is i could absolutely give this to my mother and I think she could set it up. So well done, really well done. And it's going to be kind of tough to compete against them, right? Let's, let's see. That's a topic that we're going to come to yeah. at the end of the show. Yep. So um, the Quest 2 is dominating and they have recently just allowed a virtual desktop to be on the store with their Wi-Fi streaming functionality. And they have said, okay, it works now. So many people wanted this and the streaming locally is good enough. And that's why they have now allowed this to happen. But now there's the next front, I would call this. So now there are some apps which allow people to use their Quest to stream Steam VR games. And Facebook has just said that they won't allow cloud VR streaming on Oculus Store or App Lab. So we are talking about two companies who actually want to make this happen. These two companies are Shadow PC. That's a company that's renting out um, online PCs. And with that, you can actually also use virtual desktop and play PC Steam VR games using the Quest. And the other service is called... Pluto's Fear, and they also allow you to play Steam VR games on your Quest. And both companies want to launch an app on Quest that would make it easier for people to use these services. Now, um, Facebook has said that they are not allowing this, and they say streaming from a remote device is a significantly different proposal as it could impact comfort. 
And that's basically exactly the same what they said about virtual desktop before. <laughs> yeah, right. But now, now they say virtual desktop is fine for local machines, but for cloud streaming, which according to um, David Heaney, who has, uh, who has written this article, uh, when he tried it out, it worked really fine. It worked just as good as virtual desktop. But now Facebook says no, not allowed on the Quest. What do you think about this? Uh, well, personally, I think it's, it's not really a surprise, is it? And I, honestly, if I'm being completely truthful about it, I, I don't really disagree with Facebook on, on this particular point either because you don't see Stadia on PlayStation. You don't see a Stadia app on PlayStation um, and that kind of stuff. This is really the same kind of thing. They don't, they, they, the, the reasons they're given are not even outright discluding it forever or anything like that which um is I'd, I'd probably if i were them i'd go even further and say this won't be allowed on our store simply because it's a direct competition with what we're providing um so it, just as a business point of view i think it makes sense for them to say this um and i don't really blame them in this particular instance mm -hmm. for taking this stand and i'm sure there'll be ways around it you can uh, do it through side quests and right, that kind right. of stuff and look i'm willing to take on board anybody's opinion on this and why I'm wrong about this. But I, I just think that this is how business operates. These companies operate. They probably shouldn't allow these kinds of competing services directly on their platform in such yeah. an easy way. Virtual desktop is a different thing. Virtual desktop is not competing with them in, in such a direct way when they are, it's just an alternative way to, to do the same thing that they're providing through a cable. Um, but there's a lot of points to bring up on this. So maybe I'm wrong about this. So, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it over to you now. Yeah, that's a good question, though. But um, I, I totally get what you what you say. I totally get it. Like, they also want to protect their own ecosystem, right? They are also in the business of uh, selling games, right? And uh, why should they do this? That does make sense because they are more of this walled garden. For, but I can also say, like, okay, that's... Uh, on, on Google Android tablets, for example, I can also download an app that allows me to play PlayStation over the network or, or with my PlayStation or Steam with Steam Link. Isn't it a bit comparable? It's a different kind of a walled garden. Yeah, it is. It is. Agreed. Yeah. It's, the, the, the thing is as well, there's one thing between being a walled garden, okay, because I can understand that there's a, a lot of, this has been since Facebook uh, first bought Oculus and since the Rift was first released, there was uh, there's always been these arguments about a walled, walled garden. And originally it was based around the fact that this was a peripheral that was attached to a PC, which historically has not been a walled garden. It's been open. It's been an open platform. And that's why people had an issue with it. The Quest 2, while I'm... Um, not necessarily, I think they should open it up a little bit. I, th I don't think it's necessarily should be taken in the same context as a PC peripheral in that way. It's mm -hmm. their choice. And PlayStation, Sony do the same thing with PlayStation. They have their prerogative because they're, they're providing this platform. And I don't want to be this Facebook apologist <laughs> talking about this, by the way, because, uh, but I just think there's certain things that they have a right to protect on their platform and there's certain things they don't virtual desktop i think should have always been allowed this i can understand why it's not that that said maybe in the future if they do allow it, i'll be fully behind them because that would be a great thing for consumers right right 
what is your stance, Eric and Anthony? What do you think about that? Um, so, yeah, I, I haven't really tried like these shadow PCs ever, but I've played like tried Google Stadia, and I was pretty surprised at the response time. Like, it almost feels like you're playing the game on your PC locally. But yeah, given the fact that like I noticed the delay on virtual desktop, um, and I get motion sick from it pretty fast. Maybe that's like okay. the people are different have different sensitivity to it. I think. Like the reason they give makes a bit of sense because virtual desktop is, will always be faster than going over network to a PC that's in, run, in some server farm that's further away. And you need a network speed to even back this up. I mean, virtual desktop can stream with like 100 megabits and not everyone has this. So maybe they kind of try to like ensure that like even if some people could play this, they may be trying to like ensure that most people don't even get the chance to do it because they will have a bad experience. So they may be just trying to like postpone this until it's like, like with virtual desktop, like if, if, like it's, if it's proven to be working like relatively well for most of the people, they may start allowing it. But yeah, I also get the, the idea about the fact that they want to like keep their walled garden approach a bit and not allow competition on their, on their stores. So, Right. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's understandable why they don't allow it, yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't mean that it needs to be that way forever. It it, it won't be that way forever because they will have their own system. They will <laughs> they will sell their own Probably. games uh, through the cloud That's the eventually. With, with That's the, what with I the, the your uh, the your fit app. Yeah, all right, like, right, exactly. Maybe yeah, they when, just when they have it because they're already working on something. Yeah, for sure, absolutely, case, yeah. of course, of course. And then when it's ready, they're going to allow it, of course. So of course. Like uh, the people who, who know me and who watch my shows, they know that I'm uh, like a big believer in this cloud streaming. It's going to happen. And then we don't have to worry about getting the 3080 or 3090. I think it's completely ridiculous <laughs> that we still have to get these blocks and put it into our machines. It's not going to happen. It's, this is going to be over just as if we don't talk about uh, which uh, Blu-ray player do you have. It's going to be non-existent. And... Uh, Eric, I agree with you. Like this, well, I love Stadia. Honestly speaking, I love, I love it. I have it here and I play it, and it's nearly the same. I, I basically can't feel a big difference. So I really enjoy that. Anthony, and what do you play yeah. the Stadia on? Like, what different devices do you play it on? Oh, I play it. Um, I have a Chromebook with a big display. It would never. I could never play like uh, nice games on that Chromebook. I play it on a on an iPad that is strapped to my face when I lie in bed. I play it on a on a uh, on a on a on a big TV with a Chromecast. So, so, so when you play it on iPad, I want so they have an official app for that on the on the uh, iPhone store. No, I simply have like, to I simply open Safari and go to Stadia. Oh, okay. It's, it's amazing. Okay, yeah. It's really good. So yeah, totally like it. It's very very exciting stuff. Yeah. Right, <laughs> and Paradise Decay just says, what Blu-ray player do you have? I have a PS4 Pro. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Hi, PD. Good to have you here. Um, uh, just, yeah. just quickly before we move on, because Onikazi yeah, right. put, put something uh, in chat where he says, you guys are only really, really seeing this from the perspective of restrictions as opposed to worrying about people having a bad experience, which is the, the reason that, that Facebook put is the reason yeah. for not allowing this. And, uh, and perhaps... No, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I think I, I agree as well. It, that could be a completely legitimate reason for, for this particular no, thing. I, I, We're I just so agree. accustomed to posturing <laughs> that we assume. Yeah. You know. no, but I also agree, right, 
they really cannot make sure that it's a good experience, and probably no, it's not. True. So yeah, I, I I get I get I get both um, reasons. I get the reasons like no, we don't want to have this on our on our wall garden. It's our system, right? It belongs to us. And I also get it that um, probably the experience is not fantastic. So yeah, it's okay. I can understand it this time. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand Facebook this this time. All right. Okay. But now, now we're going to talk about Ancient Dungeon. Yes, Eric. <laughs> it's uh, it's your game. And uh, tell us a bit more how you got to uh, um, to to make it. You you have already mentioned that you you felt like okay there is not a good a good dungeon crawler in virtual reality and then you you found that you you have the ability to make games and then you thought you just make it tell us a bit more and tell us how you learned about programming about uh, programming in vr unity and stuff okay yeah so basically i already like what i get told i already did like game development as a hobby and all this like all the time and once i got the vive in 2016 i just Started dabbling around with virtual reality development, mostly for fun, um, like doing a few demos of stuff, but not nothing really, like came out of it. Um, and like, I think one of my most played games on Steam is Binding of Isaac. If you know the game, not sure. I haven't played it yet. No. Okay, so uh, yeah, it's basically like a like a like a roguelike uh, dungeon crawler type game. But the cool part about it is like that it takes like really high focus on like the items that you pick up in the game, and like you can create really really crazy synergies of like effects and everything. And like I love this game so much; it's like my most played game on Steam, wow. and I kind of wanted to have something that resembles it in VR. So I started looking for like roguelike VR games or roguelites, and there weren't really a lot. There were maybe one or two, but they they didn't like. It's not. They weren't really the same. They just called themselves roguelike, but they they weren't what I was looking for. Like nothing really like groundbreaking. Just like this, what I play, but in VR with some cool interactions. And for some reason, nobody did this. And it was I think 2018 already. So there were already two years of headsets development, and there wasn't really a lot. So I just started playing around with it and started developing like the game that is now. Um, and it's crazy that even today there aren't really a lot of roguelikes for VR, which I find really odd, uh -huh. um, because like, they're a popular genre. I mean, they're still a, ni a niche genre, but they're still popular in that niche. Like, like the, it, there are a lot of people that like those games, and it's crazy that there aren't a lot of them. I think uh, Until You Fall is like one example of like a rogue light mechanic style type game, but I think that's the biggest one that I know of. Um, the persistence. For PSVR, that you should try out. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it's also it's also a really good roguelike game, actually, and uh, one of, probably one of the best in VR. So yeah, cool. So this game, I tried it out, and uh, it has so much charm. I would call it. First of all, you have this Minecraft feeling of it, right? And uh, yeah, it, it works so well in virtual reality. It's it's so it's so pretty somehow to play in that that kind of Minecraft um, style. And you also get lots of atmosphere in this game, and all the things that you interact with. So you have like um, you have this kind of what is it? Is it is it a knife that you throw? Is it a knife? It's a throwing. Knife. It's yeah. a throwing knife exactly. It works really well, and also like the sword when you, you when you cut the grass, you exactly it 
exactly cuts yeah, where you, where you yeah. cut. It, everything <laughs> works so well. Wow! It's uh, congratulations for making that. So <laughs> was you. it was it um, what were the, the the basic the most important principles when you when you made that game? One thing I find always interesting is that people compare to Minecraft, because I was mo like I mostly try to like recreate the the like pixel art style of like okay. more old school games in VR. So you need to do a voxelized look. I mean, sure. I mean, Minecraft is the most popular game I think of all time, and it has like graphics that resemble it. So people call it Minecraft. I don't really mind, but it's always uh, funny to 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 hear that because people, oh my okay. god, this is inspired by Minecraft. And I it's always not. think, <laughs> no, I mean, Minecraft is a completely different game. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I get why people compare to that. So um, I mean, it, it looks pretty similar. Um, so yeah, like from the like design perspective, what I want is like I can't really like do triple A type gaming, uh, like these huge linear story progression games with incredible voice acting animations and all that stuff. Right. I mean, you can't really do that. So I focused on creating like not a lot of like 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 simple gameplay mechanics and like keeping it in the, at the arcade side and like. Players should play the game, and each action they do, it should re like exactly match what they expect. So like exactly like cutting the grass, like it's just like you you do it, it's there, <laughs> and like everything should be interactable, so that like all the stuff that you would do in real life should like kind of try to be realistic in the game too. And like that's always the best reaction I get when people like fly fly around with a sword and they cut the grass and then they just pause for a second. Oh wait, what did they just? The grass it, it just cut at the same, and then they just start mowing mowing the lawn, and like it's it, like that's the perfect interaction that you want from people. Like they want to, like it should just work. That's the main goal I like I try to have with the game. Um, yeah, nice, and it, it does work. It, it works really really well. Very cool. So you started this basically alone, and then how long did it take before people could play it? And also you had a Kickstarter, right? Tell us a bit more about. The development of the game. Okay, yeah. So I started in. I don't really know when I started. I can only like check at my commits. And I, the first one I did was in May 2018. And then it was really just like in the evening, one or two or three hours, just like hobby type stuff, just like playing a bit with it. Um, and I think the first version I like I started putting up gifts on Reddit. I think a year later, in around yeah 2019 in may june something around and i did create a discord in july 2019 i think and that's when like people started coming in and the first demo was available i think in september 2019 which was oh wow looking back at now it was really clunky and <laughs> badly optimized and everything um but even then people liked it which i find pretty odd now <laughs> but uh yeah they, yeah, that's what that's basically what I did, and then people in the Discord somehow started there. How can I support this game? Like, it, it, it's still free, and I like it, and yeah, I want to support you. So let's do a Kickstarter. And I initially didn't want to do one because I thought, okay, this is just extra work I need to do. I need to do marketing. I need to do all that setup stuff. But then I just did it because the community wanted to, um, and yeah, I just did this Kickstarter so I could talk about okay affording I, I don't know like a logo art like the one that's currently in the game that uh, was something that i paid with the kickstarter money um getting new headsets like optimizing all that stuff and i could uh, quit my 
small. I, I, I had like an eight hour per week job at my university, like to stay afloat. And with the Kickstarter money, I could stop working a job and put those extra time into the game. So the Kickstarter was a huge success, I think. Perfect. Um, how, much, how much did you um, collect? Uh, I don't really know. I think it was $14,000, I okay, think. Okay, great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I didn't want to do one, and like, this result is pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, uh, there wasn't too much planning involved, so I consider it a success. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, how that happened. Nice. Sorry, I just had to open another beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, okay, cool. Great. Um, and then, uh, when did you make the decision to put it on, on the quest? Um, that happened during the Kickstarter. Um, the funny thing is, I actually didn't know about the quest really during the Kickstarter. Like, people came into Discord and said, does this, does this work on quest? And I thought, wait, wait, what is the quest? It should work on all headsets. <laughs> And then I didn't know, and then I didn't really know that there exists a standalone headset. Oh my <laughs> God! You, you are not watching MRTV. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. You can subscribe now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't, don't make that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I started looking into the quest, and I like initially I thought, okay, this is impossible. Like the game barely runs like on my PC currently. It's impossible to get this on Quest. Um, so I said, no, it it, it won't be supported. But I got a lot of people asking about it, and I thought, okay, like, why just let's just try to to do it. Um, I think it was a mistake to not look into that before, because I think a lot of people did not support the Kickstarter because there wasn't an option to support with the quest. Oh, okay. I, I only added that I think two weeks in that you can buy a quest key, because I said, okay, yeah, we'll just we'll just do it. We just support make do a quest port, and then I started porting it to Quest, which took one or two months of optimizations and everything. Um, yeah, but then it, yeah, I think I published it on SideQuest sometime in, I don't, I don't know exactly, last year in June, July, some, some, sometime around that, yeah. And that's when the game pretty much exploded. Um, because, like, like for my current statistics on itch.io, I mean, it's not completely representative because PC VR players don't really check itch that often compared to having the game on SideQuest, which is a major store for um, like Quest players. I currently get almost 80% of Quest players and only 20% of PC VR downloads. Wow. So, yeah, like porting it to Quest was the best decision. <laughs> yeah. yeah, obviously. So, did, just a, a quick question: Did did it surprise you how easy it was to port to the Quest, or was it a lot harder than you first imagined? Because, uh, yeah. um, th just quickly behind the reason why I'm asking that is because back in 2016 we all had these high-powered PCs and we were told that this is the only way we're going to be be able to play Six Degrees of Freedom VR and now we've got a Quest <laughs> which is doing pretty incredible things but I just wonder what the process like is from your point of view when you were first working on it it was really difficult you thought it barely runs on my PC how can I get it to run on the Quest how, how was that? Um, so one thing I did was change up the art style a bit like I had ambient occlusion point light shadows in real time, all that fancy stuff that you can enable. Yep. And I basically changed that up. Um, but I think during that process, the game actually started looking better because I got a way better art direction in and like made the game look more stylized instead of having it this, having this, this realistic graphics, but with voxels. 
So I think now it looks way better than before. So I think that was a huge plus. And then I started using new tools for Unity. They have like new render pipelines that are optimized for mobile rendering. Um, uh, yeah, and everything after that, I did just optimization, optimization. Like you can optimize so much about a game that you don't think about when you when you are on PC because you don't really need to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like having I don't know, it's like like some some occlusion culling implementation that like hides stuff that you can't see directly, and all stuff. So I worked on that and implemented that. But for some reason, like the first PC version that I had, I ported to Quest without doing anything, and it already ran at 30 FPS. Oh. And I was yes. surprised because it's really weird. Like, and the the, the, the biggest like, like like thing that I was surprised by is that I did not change anything about the physics or the like the the, the algorithm side, like on the CPU side. It I didn't change anything, and it runs on Quest. It just it just worked. I mean, the, the game isn't that demanding because of the art style and the pretty low-poly graphics. Um, so I had the advantage of that. But it still surprised me that the quest is more capable than I thought it would be. But yeah, it's just... Yeah, it was tons of work to get it working um, and lots of optimizations. But I mean, the good thing is that it also runs way better on PC now. Like mm -hmm. I can get... I, I have a 1070 at the moment and I can get 144 hertz on the PC version. Oh, that's perfect. The index, yeah. so that's yeah. cool. So it was a good, yeah, I hope that answers the question. Excellent, yeah. <laughs> perfect answer. So f for developers, it just seems like the Quest is wonderful. I mean, it's it's not not because it's easy to port the games to, but because they're the people who actually will download the games and who will pay for it, right? So for developers, it's basically a no-brainer to put their games onto the quest, right, Eric? Um, I mean, like if you think, like if you think, like in a business, like as a business, then you probably need to do it. Right. But what, what I think is a bit like sad, maybe, is if you put a game on quest that like has, like tries to like pr like be really high in like graphics, like having ambient occlusion effects, like all the newest types of effects, like reflections and everything, and downgrading that to work on quest is something that I consider to be. It's not, I mean, you need to do it like to survive as a business, I think, in the VR space. But at the same time, it's it's cool to see these visually pleasing titles on, on PC VR, like Half-Life Alex or something. You can't get that on Quest. Right. And it's always nice to see those. So, like, yeah, but for most of the games, I think they need to, like, I think they need to design with Quest in, in mind first, because porting afterwards is probably a way harder process. I think you've seen it with Onward. I mean, that the game got oh, pretty yeah. big hate because the graphical downgrade once they like merged like crossplay functionality and everything. So I think it's a, like a double-edged sword a bit. Agreed. Um, because not everything works on Quest, in my opinion. Like stylized graphics works pretty well because you can like remove a lot of effects that you don't need. Because my game doesn't have shadows, it doesn't have ambient occlusion. It has ambient occlusion kind of, but I kind of draw it in the textures and not calculate it in real time. And I don't have reflections. I don't have like I don't need all this stuff, which I which Quest doesn't even run anyway. So I think if you have a game that mm. tries to be realistic, like then it, then it just feels like a PS2 game. Like if you if you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. just not there. Like you need to design a game around the hardware, I think, and not try to make a realistic game and then just downgrade it. 
Right. It makes sense. Yeah. But I, I really believe that this is only a problem for the next couple of years. Yeah, sure. I mean, in the future, we don't right. need to Exactly. This is just right now. Yes, I totally agree with what you said. But uh, okay, everything is going to be streamed through the cloud. And then we don't have to worry about any kind of hardware requirements. I truly believe in that. And there's going to be the moment where, I tell you, where I'm going to tell you, I told you so. <laughs> in in, yeah, in one of the future. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Not so long, not so long. Um, Eric, I want to ask you, um, how much more powerful is the Quest 2 as compared to the Quest 1? Is it like, wow, you, you could totally run your whole PC game on it as it was before? Or, um, or what? Um, so because of all the optimizations, the Quest 2 version is almost identical to the PC version graphics-wise. Okay, cool. Um, not not one hundred percent. It has a bit lower draw distance, a bit less vegetation, like not really important stuff. Um, but yeah, the Quest Two is a lot more powerful. I can use post processing on it. Uh, it runs on ninety hertz. Uh, it runs on native resolution. Um, wow. But the the like the the bump in processing power isn't that huge, like as it seems, because the Quest needs to push more pixels. It needs to push a higher refresh rate. Right. So. Like you definitely have more more headroom for like performance improvements, um, but it's not too much. It's still a bit, uh, and that's why I could use post processing, which I couldn't use on Quest One because I got frame drops. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, but the Quest Two is like for my game, it's it's perfect. I basically have almost the same versions in PC and Quest now. Only Quest One kind of lags a bit behind, sure. but I mean that's very expected. It's like it doesn't have to like dedicated hardware for it. Right. It's just, just a phone processor. <laughs> exactly, Snapdragon 835. So yeah. today you pushed your new big update. So tell us about what does the latest update do? Um, okay, wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like there's, there's so much happened with that update. <laughs> I don't even remember everything I did with it, but wow. like it has been in development for, yeah, I think five or six months. And it's basically revamps a lot of the gameplay and like polishes a lot of stuff that was kind of janky in the in the previous versions. I guess it's like it has now like a new world generation that like generates dynamically where you go. So the dungeon seems way bigger than it is, like which reduces backtracking. Before I had a problem that when players go into the dungeon, for example, you go into the dungeon on the left side is a shop, and then you say, okay, I don't have enough cash, so you go like explore the whole dungeon, or you kill the, the shop. shopkeeper, or you oh. kill the shop. Yeah, that, that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't work anymore. Oh no! Back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see. When but I like, played it, it worked. It was kind of interesting. Yeah, but the issue was too much backtracking. <laughs> Players spend too much time just standing, like running through the dungeon, not doing anything. So now the dungeon dynamically generates around you in a way that you don't need to backtrack too much. Oh, that's better. Um, so it feels way more natural going through the dungeon. I think. Um, and it feels more alive. Like there's new enemies, new dungeon themes. There's no lore. Like there's lore written in, t in like in journal pages where previous adventurers uh, kind of write down their notes, what they've seen during their adventures. And you can collect them and get like a, a general idea about what the dungeon was. Um, at the moment, there are only four four different pages, so it's mostly like setting the theme for the dungeons themselves. But the plan is to have way more of those in the future. So there's like a whole story or lore that players that want to experience this can read and like get immersed in and players that don't really care about lore or journal pages, they can just skip. 
and just dive into the action. So I think like the biggest part of this update was like this game now has a direction where I exactly know what I still need to do to finish it compared to the previous update where I kind of just added still like I still added stuff and I didn't really know where to go and like I, I worked on it but I didn't have a clear view of what the final game would be. But now that everything is like cleaned up and working, I think now it, I've got a pretty good vision of what the game will be in early access and after that. Nice, really nice. So um, when when can we expect the game on the Quest and uh, probably uh, in early access? So um, and and uh, on Quest, is it? Are you? Sh um, how can I, how can I ask this? Is this going to be sure to be a normal quest game in the store, or do you still have to um, convince Oculus to make it happen? Because it was so cool that actually the first game on the Oculus App Lab that was on their blog was actually your game, number yeah. one. <laughs> and I was like, yes, cool. Uh -huh. how, how did, how, tell us first of all, how did that happen with the whole App Lab thing? So before, you did not get into the quest store because it was not finished, right? It's just like a beta, right? But yeah, did, you, so, did you try to pitch it to them? Yeah, I pitched it. Uh, I got denied. Um, but my pitch was pretty bare bones. I didn't really know what I was doing. It was, yeah, more than a year ago. The game was, I mean, the game didn't even have a quest version. I couldn't, I did not have any stats to back it up. Like right now, it's one of the highest rated games on SideQuest. Uh, I, I, it has more than 150,000 downloads on itch. So I, I could like give all this data to them and they may be more convinced because which goes into the point of why I was the first game, like the game on App Lab that launched. I was contacted by Oculus to be part in the App Lab beta and nice. to launch the game on App Lab. So they're actually aware of the game, I think. The thing <laughs> yeah, now is, probably. <laughs> it seems like Oculus, like, I don't really, like, they, they say, okay, the pitching process is gone now, so you can't really pitch any projects to Oculus anymore. They now decide via App Lab what types of games they want in their store. Wow. I think for bigger titles of big publishers, they still have their contacts at Oculus. They bypass this, like they always did. But for like normal indie devs, like like we do, we need to basically convince Oculus through like sheer numbers of I don't know downloads or sales and like reviews and everything that our game is worthy of the store, and then they upgrade you. That's what I think they're doing. Um, yeah, it's 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 a pretty weird spot because you have to kind of launch an app lab. And then just like over time, you might get into the store. But one thing Oculus also doesn't want in their main store is early access titles, which I'm going to launch in. So there's still plenty of time to like get that sorted out during the early access phase, I think. Because, yeah, I mean, I get what my Oculus do, does that because they want polished experiences that are complete, where they know they can sell it to the most casual gamer. Uh, so I kind of get why they don't want early access experiences on the store. So, yeah, there's probably a lot of time to get that sorted out if it comes to the store or not. But at the moment, it's a bit blurry. Uh, nobody really knows what's happening. At the moment, there's also the issue of App Lab apps getting approved really slowly. And uh, I think they're pretty overwhelmed <laughs> with all the App Lab stuff at the it's moment. So. It's yeah. a good sign that they contacted you, though, um, and that it was the first listed game because I think one thing that I've noticed from playing it is the level of polish, even at this early stage. That's one thing that blew me away. This is the most polished app 
well, among the most polished App Lab game I've played. Um, and that's the thing as well. It's not just polish that ev- there's hardly any glitches or anything like that when I've played, but also attention to detail in certain VR mechanics and stuff like that. These are the things that stood out to me more than anything else when I first played it. Because you can look at these trailers of, of your game and think you know what to expect and you've played um, other games, not necessarily exactly like in, in that style, but you've played... you. You think you know what to expect playing these app lab games or side quest games, early access games, that kind of stuff. And yet the first time I went into your game, which was only yesterday, Eric, um, <laughs> the thing that blew me away was the level of polish um, and that, that that attention to detail and these VR mechanics. Everything works in the way you want it to work. That throwing mechanic, your the knife, throwing the knife works so well you've got a sword in one hand the knife in the other that feels so good to <laughs> to use that kind of mechanic i think um and yeah I, I, I just think that it has to be accepted but then again i've said this for so many other games that you just don't know their their thinking behind some of this stuff what yeah. gets on the quest or what doesn't so um it's up in the air but it's a good sign nevertheless that they contacted you to uh, yeah definitely submit it agree and also what you could always think about, well, if you are ready to monetize the game, like when you monetize it on Steam, you can also monetize on App Lab, right? So you could also say, yeah, okay, actually, you know what, I'm, I'm taking money on App Lab too, right? Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Like once the Steam early access launch happens, the game will also launch on App Lab in early access. Um, yeah, when it will be, I don't know. I only start announcing a release date once the game is basically finished <laughs> okay yeah. because i have a tendency to underestimate the amount of time i need to for an update like it's almost became a meme in the discord already <laughs> that i say okay yeah like in a week or two and then two months later i still haven't date <laughs> so right <laughs> game development is pretty hard to predict i think right right anyways very cool and um yeah once you once you take once it's ready and once you get out of this um, stage where it's free, then you can finally afford the PlayStation VR. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right. So, questions from, from the chat. If anyone has a question for Eric and for game development, now is the right time. And I saw one question already from Paradise, Paradise Decay. Um, do you already have some plans for a next game? Um, no, not at all. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have like a, a document in my like somewhere where I like, have written down a few game ideas I like just sometimes get, but yeah, I don't really want to think about a new project when this project isn't even like close to being finished. Right. <laughs> like I want to finish this game like as a whole, like launching early access in a few months, and then probably work on the game at least for another year, even longer if the game is popular, and just yeah see what happens i don't even know like how much stuff th- the problem with low with low like games is you can always add more like there isn't like a, a ceiling to like how much stuff you can add mm-hmm. so um yeah it's i don't i don't have any idea yet <laughs> all right yeah probably you will stick to this game for quite a while especially if it's getting popular and it seems to be very popular we all really enjoy the game here um so you also said that you're going to finish your um, computer science studies very soon. Do you think you will become a full-time game developer for your career, or do you still want to do something else? Um, 
if this game launches and I can support myself financially doing this, then I would love to continue with that. Um, it's just so much fun. I mean, like, 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 even if it wouldn't be that much fun, then I wouldn't like work this like this long times on it. So yeah, but it's hard to predict. I, I don't know. Like if like if the game is successful, but I but like the but it's okay. In like twelve months, I'm broke. <laughs> then <laughs> I don't really think I can continue. But if like I can can see that this game is like like sells in ways that I can yeah like realistically do this then sure i would definitely start doing this full time yeah would be cool yeah if it gets if it gets on the quest store you're pretty much a a shoe in you'll be you'll be good that's a big if (laughs) yeah but i i have a good feeling about your game being on the store it looks so beautiful it's so polished it's so fun why wouldn't it be there and they have contacted you first about the app lab i really i really see this happening so that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, I got another question here from Jamima. And uh, is this a co-op title? Or what plans for a multiplayer are there? That's the most asked question I think uh, people have. Um, at the moment, it's single player. And it's also designed to be a single player experience mostly. Um, because I, don't, I didn't really want to add another layer of complexity on this huge project already. Um, because doing multiplayer is just yeah you always need to like do the networking stuff and all of the work around this so at the moment i decided against multiplayer and also from the start because i also don't have a lot of experience with with doing multiplayer stuff it's the only few things i didn't really have experience with before i started this project um so at the moment like until this game is fully released there won't be any multiplayer and if the game is popular after that i look into supporting it but i don't know if it's possible or if it's feasible to do so um because i don't have any experience with networking so i have to see once once the game is out okay great <laughs> and uh jamima panem says okay then next project multiplayer then dungeon crawler <laughs> <laughs> i mean if, if multiplayer would be... wow they love multiplayers here <laughs> yeah, if multiplayer would be too hard to real uh, like to 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 do, um, then I may do some multiplayer experience in the future. But I mean, I still haven't thought about any of that, so it's just speculation at at this point. All right, right. <laughs> um, wow, so interesting. So so now you're an indie developer, like um, you're the main guy. You have some help right now. I'm wondering if you, how many people would you need to do some. Some game which is more like, uh, yeah, like with the storyline. These triple A games that we like. What kind of what, what kind of team do we need for something like this? If you know, if you have some insight into this. Um, I mean, it depends. I think a lot. So, like currently, one of the biggest like t- issues that like I need time with is like I need to do all the models, do all the textures, um, do all the gameplay logic. Um, so, like, splitting this up in three persons, like, one being a modeler and doing animations and the other one doing, like, textures and all the stuff, and maybe someone doing all the marketing, community right, stuff. Right, right. Because, like, I'm also answering all the Discord messages, and the Discord <laughs> is getting bigger and bigger every day, and there's way more traffic. So, yeah, you just need more people that, that can split up the tasks. Um, 
you would need s someone that maybe even like works on the music and the sounds. Um, so like all the sub systems, at least one, maybe two people. Um, like maybe I don't, know, I don't know. Like I have don't really have experience in the game okay. development industry, so I'd right. say like ten people would be good. Okay. <laughs> what what part what part of making the game do you find most enjoyable? Is it the actual coding and getting things in a working format, or is it the modeling or? Um, I think it's a mix of uh, different parts because like I, all, I, I I really liked doing like the new world generation, like all the logic stuff, because that's really interesting and you really need to think hard about it. But if you do that for two weeks, then you like it, you just don't want to do it anymore. So you do something different. And I think like the whole process of just getting this product together is the <clears> fun part. Like there, like every part is fun, but only for a limited amount of time because then yeah. you get 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 sick of it. Yeah. So I don't really have anything that is like um, my most favorite part about it. It's it's probably thinking of new content that you can implement. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Designing, I guess, then. Des yeah, des they probably designing. Design, yeah. But yeah. then once you get to like implementing the designing part, you often like need to cut corners and like yeah. <laughs> see how everything works. Right, right. And Lars asks, do you think the game's success will make you able to hire people to work on the game? And would you want to do that? Um, I'm still not sure exactly. So the, the funny thing is that like the writer and the music uh, sound designer and composer, they all contacted me and uh, I didn't contact them. Um, the writer basically convinced me by already having a script ready of like what he thinks the game <laughs> I would, love would it. be. I read uh -huh. that and I thought, oh my God, this is so good. This is so awesome. I, I, I like, do you want to like do more with this? And he basically agreed, <laughs> which is pretty cool. And the music and sound designers, they basically uh, also wrote me. And uh, yeah, I talked with them because music and sounds is one of the few things I'm not good at. Uh, so that worked out pretty well. Hiring more people, I'm not really opposed to that, but I don't really want to Im like increase the amount of like management you need to do. Like having hiring people, like even for full-time stuff, they need to manage that. And then like it just gets bigger and bigger and it's more... More, more time and more work to like organize all of it like the only things i hired now was like for the logo or stuff because it's pretty easy and the trailer will be done by someone else uh there's a new trailer in the works currently spoiler <laughs> <laughs> that's okay uh, uh, cool so nice. like those are small things that that you can do like that i'm doing currently hiring people i don't know maybe okay. in the future um, yeah. hard to tell you will see you will see wow very very interesting Anthony, do you still have any questions before we go to the next topic? Or uh, No, I just wanted to mention, just talking about the actual game itself, hmm. um, I recently played this game. Um, well, I was making a list for VR game rankings of like the, the 50 best free games and experiences that you can play in VR. And I had contacted a whole bunch of people asking them about, you know, what are the best free things you can play in VR? And a lot of people told me Ancient Dungeon, you know, you, you get it on itch.io. This is the PC VR version of it, right? And so I was making this list. I got to try everything, of course. So I went in it. I, I got it from itch.io and I tried it. And this was on my um, Oculus CB1. And I really enjoyed it. And I was like, yeah, this is why everybody really likes this game. It's really cool. Um, and then later when the whole App Lab thing happened, I downloaded all the different free App Lab games. 
And just this last week, I got around to trying it in App Lab. And I got to say, man, this App Lab version, it almost feels like, I don't know why, but it, to me, it feels better. Like maybe it's because the CV1, you know, it's just better, like it's a better resolution in the headset, but it just looks so good. It's so clean. It runs so smoothly. But you mentioned like 90 hertz and all this stuff with the Quest 2 version. And I, and I was playing it on Quest 2. But the other thing I love about this game so much, and Gary, you probably notice this as well, is like when you have the sword and you're hitting things, you're like hitting these these uh, barrels on the ground, you know, you're smashing stuff, that feeling of the collision and the haptics, and maybe, I don't know if there's like a little sound that, ha but that whole thing, like there's a very good feeling, like me just smashing the different vases and stuff, like yeah. that's just enjoyable right there. <laughs> it's and <laughs> really, it's amazing. The vines. Um, what <laughs> Sebastian was saying about cutting the vines, you cut the vines and it cuts off. Like you would think if somebody was just making something, oh, it might cut once, cut twice, that's it. But no, there's like, you can cut it. And if you're OCD and you want to completely get rid of the vine on that ceiling, you can actually do that. You can completely get rid of it. And I'm a bit OCD with that. Like I'll, I can go through a game like this doing all kinds of crazy you shit. You go around. I, I go around just wondering, just just idly, just chopping these things <laughs> yeah, down and wandering past. It's like, why am I doing this now? <laughs> but it's just something about that. And um, one, one, one thing as well with this, just just on, on the point of the, the art style that I wanted to say, do you remember like in the 80s and 90s, you had all, all of these movies? And I can't think of any... Uh, specific examples but there was movies where they would try to imagine what it would be like to be in a video game back in an 80s or 90s video game tron and yeah tron that kind of thing yeah tron but those kinds of things yeah and this is this is sort of giving you that dream for somebody like me that's a retro gamer as well i like playing retro games got an old uh an arcade cabinet there with uh arcade machines on it and i love those kinds of things and this gives you that dream it's like um a game called i'm sure this has been brought up before eric compound okay the yeah, game called compound. yeah now that puts you in in the same way this is obviously a, di a completely different game to that in in terms of style and, and that kind of stuff but these are but your game and that game both place you in that dream of what it would be like to be in an 80s video game but playing through it in in that way um and this is the dream that we can all now play this is sort of what i dreamt of when i was a kid honestly being in this kind of environment uh, how we imagined it back then it was great wow and eric made your dream come true yeah <laughs> eric you, you see we really like your game so for all the people who are out there who have not tried Ancient Dungeon yet, get it now. I'm going to put the link to your App Lab game and also to Itch.io. And is it all, is it on Steam as well? or uh, You can wish this on Steam. Okay, right, right. Uh, which would be appreciated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I'm going, we're going to do that. So I'm going to put all the links to Ancient Dungeon down into the description of this video and also of the audio podcast. So lots of people hopefully will try it out. It's amazing. One last question for you, Eric. Is this going to be on the HTC Vive Move? <laughs> uh, I don't know anything. <laughs> I, I, I'm as clueless as you guys. <laughs> I just saw the tweet. <laughs> okay, perfect. Wow. How is how how wonderful did I go to the next topic? Isn't that amazing? It so, was really amazing. <laughs> it, was, it was so beautiful. Yes. So now 
we're going to talk about HTC. So first of all, thank you, thanks, Eric, for telling us all the details about you um, developing Ancient Dungeon. That's amazing. That's amazing insight that we only get thanks to you being here on the show. So thanks a lot for that. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And now we're going to talk about the HTC Vive Move. Is it probably going to be called? No idea. So let's have a look at what is this all about. And we're going to go to Twitter now. We are here on Twitter. By the way, you can follow me at Mixed Reality TV. And um, yeah, and now we're going to have a look at the tweet that started all the rumors. So HTC is actively like starting a rumor about this here. It's your move, they said. And then you see that... Um, oh, I get it. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I finally got it. Yeah, yeah, you finally got it. You see that hard plastic, and then you see that that Vive logo. Oh, yeah, it's your move. Yeah, now you know, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, you see that, <clears throat> um, that shiny Vive logo, and that's basically it. And uh, what are they teasing here? Of course, they're teasing a new VR headset. What else should it be, right? And uh, the question is, what kind of VR headset is it? Is it like a PC VR headset, like the Cosmos? Is it like a two-in-one device that we're, they were also teasing, something that you would connect to your um, phone and it's some kind of viewer? Or is it a standalone headset? Well, that is, that is the question here. And... Um, well, I personally believe it's a standalone headset, and um, because it 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 just it wouldn't make sense to have another PC VR headset. What what do you what do you guys think? It w it wouldn't what? make any sense, but but it's HTC. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see. All right, right, <laughs> Gary, that is a good point. That is a really good point because not many things made so much sense in their business decisions recently, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the thing. I, I agree with you. I think it's got to be a, a standalone thing. I would hope anyway. Um, and they've finally nailed that inside out. Because I sort of I've lost the the way with HCC. I've sort of, I wouldn't say I've lost interest. That's the wrong term to use. But it's like this. They're bringing out so many headsets. They're bringing out so many of these uh, different uh, forms of headsets, PC headsets, and then standalone, well, uh, sort of standalone headsets <coughs> in, in various ways as well. And I get confused with them all, honestly, at this point. And they had that one, the uh, Cosmos, which was a, a PC headset, but it had the inside-out tracking. And which was bad. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> so that's like, the thing. Okay, if this is a standalone headset, they've got to have a different way of doing that inside-out sure. tracking as well. Um, so, so that's the other thing with it. Um, I don't know what to make of HTC now. I was a big believer, like, HTC Vive, the very first one that they, they brought great. out, I loved it. Fantastic headset, and I had high hopes for them going forward. I was a true believer in HTC back then, and now I'm honestly not. I don't know what they're doing, so I'm hoping this can bring them back, but I don't know what it would be. hope so too. What do you think, Anthony? What do you think? What, what is this? Well, yeah, in terms of it, whether it's a standalone or not, one thing that we do know, so apparently on March 3rd, Alvin Wang Graylin was on some online discussion. He, he joined an online discussion about virtual reality. And one of the things he mentioned, I'll, I'll quote it, it says, our next generation of standalone, we're going to have one this year. It's going to be a great product. I can't give any specs about it, but I think you'll find it, all the prospects is that it's better than what we have today. 
and is probably better than what there is today from any provider. So he's saying that, yeah, so, you know, probably better than the Quest 2, but maybe not quite. No. But, um, yeah, it, it does appear to be a, a definite standalone product. I, I also think so, too. Also, what's really interesting, Oculus has um, seen that tweet and they have replied to it like this. So Oculus has replied with 1.e4. So um, it's it's a it's a chess it's a chess move. So they have moved the the pawn from e2 to e4, <laughs> and back to you, Vive. And then and then Vive, they have also replied to this. I'm not sure if I find it right now. And and they have also like answered with a chess move, like like c c c5 or c3 to c5 or something. So that's interesting because it means like okay. HTC is is taking that fight, you know. They they take it on, and it they're, they're going to slay the dragon. <laughs> they, they, they they are going to slay the dragon. They're going to try. Maybe. So so they they're going to try, and I must say, oh, I root for them. I would hope for them to be successful. You know, I would hope for them to have a product that uh, they can they could actually compete with the Quest. So uh, what do you think, Eric? Do you believe this is a standalone headset? And do you think that HTC has any chance <laughs> of competing with uh, HTC? Um, it's a really good question. Like, like if HTC can compete. Like, be, like I also had had the Vive as my first headset, and I was blown away by it. And it was a per like it was a really great product. I mean, now it's a bit dated. The the Vive ones aren't ergonomic. The resolution is not up to par with the other headsets but funny thing is actually to today i plugged in my HTC vive again after more than a year i think uh just so i could like test with the vive ones because i have base stations two and the vive ones don't work with that so i had to plug in the HTC vive with the old base stations and i was actually surprised of how well the vive hold up with all like Even though all of these like nitpicks with the resolution, all this stuff, I was still immersed. The colors are great because of an OLED. Yeah. Like and, they uh, definitely like have the capacity to build a great headset. Yes. Um. The the, the, the like I I didn't really like get much information with the Cosmos. I just heard that the tracking was. Right. Not... The tracking is terrible. Okay. Really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so really like bad. if they like, improve that, then yeah, I don't know. I mean, they they can do it, but the question is if they will do it. Um. I'm a bit skeptic, I think. I like I don't know, like I thought HTC will go like to full root of like so many stuff they like the Vive was modular, you could upgrade so many different parts of it. They added the Vive trackers, everything. But somehow it kind of gotten under <laughs> all of the VR stuff. Uh, it was weird. It just disappeared. I don't know. Yeah. Um so Yeah, I, I, like, I, I think they will have they they can't compete on the price of the quest. No, that's right. the main it, thing. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Which, like, it doesn't re like most like a lot of people won't care, especially like the the ones that are pretty vocal about the Facebook login. But I think the majority of consumers that you don't like that that don't talk online about VR and like are in these Reddit communities and Twitter and everything. They probably don't care. They just look at the price. Of course, most people don't care. Yeah, yeah it's just some YouTubers who are loud about this kind of thing. <laughs> so, yeah. 
So yeah, no, I totally agree with you. People people don't care. If it has a price tag of $299, it's good. If it has a price tag of $199, it's an impulse buy. And everything else basically is out of the question. And yeah, uh, yeah I agree with you. That's, um, that's, that's tough. And uh, I must say, I also agree with your skepticism because we had high hopes for Vive basically uh, since the, the Vive Pro. And uh, for some reason, they have had so bad business decisions that they always disappointed the community after the Vive, right? The people loved the Vive. It was an amazing yeah. headset. It was better than the, the original Rift, right? With all that room scale, it was so good. It's very bright. The colors are so nice. A great headset. Still, I agree with you. I also recently tried it for some FOV tests, and I found out, like, hey, this is not bad, right? It's still, yeah. It still can still get immersed. It's still cool. But then afterwards, basically, it was going down. So the Vive Pro is good, but it was too expensive. It was way too expensive for the consumer. And they were not really sure who do they target. Do they target like uh, like the professionals, the enterprise, or do they target the consumers? Yeah, they said prosumers, but it was strange. It was too expensive. It was strange. And then afterwards, yeah, the, the Cosmos... Unfortunately, there was a complete disaster. I can't say it in any other way because it's an inside-out um, tracked headset. But the tracking, the most important for this part, is just really, it's really bad. Really, really not good enough. So for that Cosmos, we already had high hopes. And we thought, like, this is the last chance now. And they blew it. And now it's the super last chance, in my, in my opinion. And I really, I, I root for them. I really hope they, they, they get it done. But this must be like, uh, they must hit it out of the ballpark with the tracking and with so many more things. What do you think, Anthony? Do you think they have a chance? Oops. Yeah, I, what I really want to know about this, honestly, is are they, are they seriously going to try to compete in America at all with this? Um, that's the real question for me because they could have a market in Asia where that where the, if they have a decent product there that you know they can still make a viable product that would sell well in Asia. But trying to really compete here in America, it does mean that you are going head to head with Facebook and they have an advantage in almost every category. The only real advantage that you have is you're not Facebook. And that is actually a little something right now because um, I'm on various places where it's not necessarily VR-centric and people will talk about uh, the Oculus and some people will be like, yeah, but I don't want a Facebook account. So it's, it's out there in the wide open yonder. People know about this. <clears throat> and if there was a legitimate... Um, option B to the quest and and there wasn't a serious degradation in the quality of everything, uh, people would love to have this option B to, to do these other things with it. The other thing is HTC, they do have Viveport Infinity, which is like the best product, honestly, in all really? of VR. Not maybe the best for like developers and stuff, but for the end user, it is incredible. The the smorgasbord of VR that you can play via um, via that service. And you know, a thought just popped into my head. Imagine if there was a, a VR company out there that had the foresight to contact Guy Godin and say, Guy, we love virtual desktop. We're designing this special standalone headset. 
Is there anything that we can bake into the circuitry of this headset to really dial it in so that the virtual desktop experience will just sing on this thing? And not only that, we're going to sign an exclusive deal with virtual desktop where this is automatically free connecting to Viport because the last time I used virtual desktop, I was using Viport and it worked absolutely fine. So there it is. Problem solved, right? I mean, it's, it's one thing that they can do, but then it comes back to price and it goes back to that 299 how do you compete with that that is so difficult so and then the track like you brought up the tracking like yeah the other thing i'll say about tracking this even goes back to playstation vr2 right everybody just assumes that other companies are going to figure out how to do inside tracking and it's going to be just as good as the quest and quest 2 and i don't necessarily think that that just is easy as pie like it hasn't been proven microsoft hasn't proven it um htc hasn't proven it up to this point so until there's another company that absolutely nails inside out tracking i'm not necessarily going to assume that it's a given that it'll happen right right so first of all I think your idea is amazing with the virtual desktop and getting Gigodin on board and like putting it there and uh, working together. And uh, yeah, that would be that would be so good. And I think you should totally be working for HTC for the management <laughs> and, and and give them some some good ideas because in recent years it it really hasn't been so fantastic, right? Their their business decisions. But um, I think I hope that with this. This could be um, this could be really a difference. And then you mentioned you're wondering if this is going to happen in in the U.S. and in the West, right, Anthony? Yes, I I'm, I'm very sure it's going to happen because Graham Wheeler, he's the he's the boss of HTC for for the Europe uh, regions. He has said on his LinkedIn profile that you can check that they are going to announce something. And if he says it as the European chef, the, the European boss of, uh, of, of, uh, of Vive, of HTC, yeah, yeah, this should be coming out. This should be coming out in the West, right? And uh, this is not just in, in China. And then yeah. in, in terms of price, something that I would like to put out and that you also mentioned, they do have Vive Port Infinity, which is this really good, really, really good PC VR service where you pay like 14, 15 euros here in Europe and you can play all of the games. It's amazing. It's a really good thing and it's like Netflix for VR. And um, they also have something like this, the Vive Port Store for headsets, for, for mobile headsets in China. So this is already a platform that they have, and they already have connections to developers. And um, therefore, I believe they can bring this over to the West as well. And my, my personal idea is, or my suggestion to HTC, if they watch this, they why not um, have this, this kind of subscription service and subsidize the price of this headset? Let's say the... the the price of this headset would normally be $500. But then if you go for a two-year Viveport Infinity subscription, then it only costs $299. But you can play all the VR games. Beautiful. I, in my opinion, this is like a, like a really cool idea to compete with Facebook with the Facebook price and to even offer some added value, allowing people who are new to VR, who buy this for the first time, to simply play all of the games. 
What do you guys think about this idea? Yeah, go go ahead, Eric. You. I was just um, gonna say. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it sounds like an interesting proposal. Um, I think a lot of people would be up for it. Um, one thing that I just that just came to mind is that maybe in Germany, like this why this move, however it was called, five move. Uh, yeah, that's uh, what I pretty well because you can't get the quest too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, in Germany, no yeah. In Germany, this is going to fly. No <laughs> Facebook and the only standalone that you can buy. This is going to fly here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, it, it it makes sense to like try to get the, like to 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 hide the actual price of the headset behind some kind of subscription service or everything. Um, yeah. Just not sure if everyone would be up for that. I mean, you could offer two options: one exactly. having this, this easy price and then paying over time, uh, and one being the like more expensive stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, like especially like all these uh, subscription-based services, they are like really coming together. On, like um, Xbox, now how, how is it called? The the Microsoft uh, Game, Game Pass. Pass. Game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Game Pass and. Uh, yeah, like all these subscription-based services, they they they're coming together now, so they're getting more popular. So it might be a good idea to go that route. Um, yeah, I yeah. think that yeah. they could be. They've already proven that the Netflix of VR can work. If you've tried Viport Infinity, you know that the Netflix of VR can work. But but just a lot of people don't know about it. Now they could have a standalone headset. And the, the, the other thing about a standalone headset with an XR2 chip that is basically doing pretty much all the same stuff that the Quest platforms are doing is you now have a viable option for everybody to have this secondary store. They could also port their game over there. Right. And hopefully the idea would be if you've already made a game for the Quest or the Quest 2, it'll literally take you like three or four days. It's going to be exactly like that. To this other platform. For sure. And then they can start building that mm. mobile Vive port where it's native games running on the XR2. There's also this rumor that they're cooling capabilities are going to be vastly superior to the quest allowing this xr2 to run at a higher level than what it runs in the quest 2 and the regular quest and so games might even have a little bit of a boost there but i mean it, it, of course it comes back to like price marketing mm -hmm. how do they like you're going up it's david against goliath man i That's think right. um as well because this is a great idea, what you've got here, Sebastian. I think, honestly, that Viveport thing um, is is a great idea to, to do that. The, the thing is, it all comes down to price on how successful this can be, really. Um, because I don't doubt that HTC have the ability to make a headset as good as the Quest if they put enough R&D into it with the tracking and that kind of stuff. I do understand that. The thing is, Facebook... People will say, and I, I'm one of them really, overall the Quest 2 is a fantastic product for VR. Quest 2, $299, standalone headset, perfect tracking, you know, all of this stuff, and it's good for VR. Yet on the other side, they are being, <laughs> in, in a, quite a clear way, they're being anti-competitive with that price. Pro-consumer. Yeah, of course. Anti-competitive because there right. are only a few companies that can compete with that price in the world, honestly. Now, if we knew a clear amount that they were losing on every single Quest 
2 sold because I think most people would say they are losing money on the Quest 2 headsets. If we knew how much they're, they're losing, then we'd have a clearer idea of what kind of company we need to just release a product that could directly compete with it. HTC are probably not that company. They've not got enough money to directly compete on that on that level. So they've got to bring something else in. That's why I think that idea of Viveport, it's their, it's their USP. They've got their unique thing that they can bring along with it. So it would be a great thing to do. If not that, then something else. They need something to differentiate themselves rather than price because I don't see them competing on it on, on that raw level of right. a product to product. I agree. You know, it'd be amazing if they had worked hard in the background and got ton like if they looked at the entire lineup of quest games and they looked for all the um quest games that are not like exclusive not oculus but like made by third-party companies and they went to all these people and said you know hey we've got this standalone headset it's coming out in june or july or something it's coming out in the summer of 2021 and we're trying to like get everybody ready uh you've got a great quest game it'll pour it over in a matter of days if they could have done this they could have actually created an ecosystem where they'd have like 30 or 40 games to launch with. And that could be Viveport Mobile. All those games could be in Viveport Mobile. And so they could offer this Netflix because the Netflix of VR angle is one angle. You're never going to get that from Oculus. You're never going to get that from Sony because they can make too much money right. not doing that. They would have to be forced into doing that. So it's a good angle, and it could give them a, a nice differential compared to the Quest. Right. Eric, you as a game developer, have you ever thought about Viveport Infinity and putting your game, uh, once you are ready to monetize it, onto Viveport or Viveport Infinity? Um, funny story. I was contacted by HEC um, a long time ago to go on Viveport. Um, but they never responded. Oh, okay. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Like, so they so first. Oh no! Wow. So, I was down to doing it, but wow, they somehow... contacted you first. You yes. replied, and they never replied. <laughs> like, like I was in contact with them a lot. Then I had to sign an NDA. I signed that. I sent it over, and then I never heard back from them again. <laughs> oh, this wow. is HCC. This yeah, this is what exactly. <laughs> so yeah, this is what we're dealing I, with I, here. I, like, like I would have brought the game to Vive, like to Viveport, maybe. Like I, 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 like it. It sounded cool, but yeah, they just kind of forgot about me. <laughs> oh no! I mean, I mean, if I would contact them now again, I think it may, like, resolve. But right. at the moment, I'm way too occupied with all the other stuff. But <laughs> with the yeah. quest too, you see, HTC. That's the point. You should have replied to him. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, probably the chances that you could get onto that uh, Vive Move are pretty high. And uh, yeah, who knows? Probably you're going to be there. I think it's it's pretty interesting. And uh, for that um, Netflix of VR to work, it's important that there's many, many people who, who have that subscription, right? And with this kind of uh, hardware, if it's a good hardware, if it could really compete with the Quest, and if it's, uh, yeah, if it's a nice offer, let's say probably 15 euro or 20 euro, I think people would go for it. Right. Also, the people who are not so happy about the fa the forced Facebook login. So, um, Gary, um, what would you would you be ready to pay? Uh, how much would you how much would you be ready to pay per month for how long if the um, HTC Vive Move costed, let's say, two hundred ninety nine pounds? Um, good question. Not thought of it before, but um, I'll probably <laughs> I'll probably say, you know, I think. 
realistically, based on the amount that, that I play VR, because I'm a VR enthusiast, um, but how much hours do I get to free to spend in VR is a different question. I love VR, but how much do I actually get to spend in, in VR is, is another thing. I'd say, you know, if I could pay something like, say, a Netflix kind of price subscription for, you know, uh, mobile focused content, which will probably be quite small to begin with, you know, say it's 14, 14 pounds, 15 at the very most okay. um, to experience a wide range. It's got to be it's got to have a significant library for that, though. I've got to say, you know, it can't just be a small amount of, of titles for that. So it's dif right. it's difficult. It's a difficult question to, to answer. But uh, yeah. the, okay. the thing is, I, I suppose you, you, your question as well, you're locked in for those two years perhaps a year two years yeah for, for probably that. probably so that's the thing you, you you would counterbalance that by working out how much am i actually paying it's like when you buy a mobile phone you work out exactly how much you're paying in that kind of stuff so i don't know i guess when the time comes i'd have to i'd have to see <laughs> yeah all right all right and how about you anthony how much would you be ready to pay for for a subscription and uh, if the device costs 300 dollars um well, I mean, if that's the primary device that I'm using, yeah, and and the subscription, I, I think the subscription model, it's nice because you get to sample so much, you know, and but but then at the same time, you also have this like anxiety of like, if I'm not playing games that are in that subscription, I'm wasting it. So you you it's it's kind of a weird thing that you have to deal with. But I, I think it's a great model. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, hopefully they, they really do it. Anyways, we're going to see that hopefully soon. And, um, well, it's at the moment, it's really exciting to follow their Twitter account because they have also dropped some other things that can make us speculate about what's going to happen. So another thing that they posted yesterday is the following. What would you do with 70% more energy? Ooh, what is that <laughs> supposed to mean? Does that mean that this HTC Vive Move has 70% more battery, like like more capacity? I believe that this is what it means because, well, um, more energy, um, yeah. And, um, well, the, the, the Quest 2 is a great device, but I honestly don't like the two hours um, battery life. I have the... I own the the um, the elite strap with battery, thanks to Gary who sent it over to me from from the UK because I couldn't buy it here, um, and it's great. I have four hours now, right? But with seventy percent more more capacity, we would arrive at three and a half hours, and I really believe this is the case here with this with this kind of tweet because they did have that um, proton um, prototype for a. For an for a standalone headset, and it looked like that um, the battery was in the back of the headset, which would make the whole thing more more balanced. First of all, this and yeah, you could, lighter on the forehead, lighter on the, on the forehead, and you could put more battery in the back. What do you think of this? Do you think that this tweet is actually saying we have seventy percent more battery capacity than the, the Quest? That's probably it. Of course, the big thing there, though, is the main we go back to the Santa Cruz headset. And when when we saw the Santa Cruz prototype, it had the battery in the back. 
And then Oculus later decided, nah, we're not going to do that. We're going to put the battery in the front. And most people believe that the reason they made this decision is because when somebody's just sitting on the sofa or they're laying in their bed or something, they want to be able to put their head back. And if you've got a big battery back there, although you're perfectly balanced for standing up and doing something, if you want to lean back on something, that's kind of an irritant. So will they go in that direction? The advantage is they will get this huge battery. They'll also get a a much lighter front part of the headset. So the comfort could be a lot better. Um, But what do you guys think? Like, do you think this like laying back in bed or, or relaxing on the sofa playing VR? Is that something you do a lot? You know, which way would you rather have it, Gary? Would you rather have that battery on the back or do you want it all in the front? Personally, I would, yes, because I don't lay in my bed and play, like, watch Netflix or whatever laying back. I'd, I'd never use the VR headset for that purpose. And I have the Elite strap with a battery as well in the back, and that, to me, feels like the perfect way. It, it counterbalances it, and it doesn't get in the way. It, it never gets in the way. So, personally, I think that would be the, the way to go. Um But there's obviously reasons. I, I don't know if it's just the reasons that you were saying there, Anthony, about... Um, laying back and that kind of stuff or sitting down and having it, it pressure on the back if those are the reasons that oculus abandoned that because th- there seems to be it just seems like such an obvious thing for them to do to put it on the back of the head headset and they've not done it for various things it's got to be there's got to be other bigger reasons for them to not do that than than that um thing but then again you've got the elite head strap as well so i, I I don't know. It's confusing. (laughs) It is. It is really confusing. All right, guys. I want to put something out here. So uh, what I think is going to happen, I believe this is going to be a standalone headset. Okay. Yeah, right. And I also believe that this is going to be a standalone headset, which has more cameras than the Quest 2. Because the Quest 2 only has four cameras, which do the inside-out tracking, right? For the for the four cameras, for the tracking. But I believe that this headset has probably probably six or seven. even... Seven. Seven. Okay, got it. Maybe okay. seven. It has seven. It has seven cameras. Exactly. It has seven cameras. And it also does body tracking. Badoom. Oh, man. Right, right. Because first of all, the XR2 chipset, it can deal with it can deal with more, more um, with more cameras. Seven, yeah, seven, seven, exactly. And also, it would make um, so much sense to to bring something more to the table than the Quest, right? If they do, if they would do exactly the same thing, yeah, okay, it's tough to compete on price, anyways, right? And they cannot compete on price, so they have to put something more onto the table. And more cameras is totally um, supported by the XR2 chipset. And now we're going to have a look at another tweet that, that HTC put out here. And this tweet is the following. HTC Vive, yesterday. Is your food work fancy? <laughs> we want to see your dance skills. Post your VR dance clips below. <laughs> and then you, you see... Uh, you, you see some video of some uh, VR chat person and they have like the full body tracking. Oh. They, like why, why would they Whoa. put it out? I mean, honestly, <laughs> why would they make this nonsensical tweet if it wasn't for full body tracking? Do you agree with me here? And also I want to ask the chat, do you agree with me here that this makes, this is like a clue for full body tracking with seven cameras? 
now they're hyping it's up and now I'm getting hyped and then I'm getting disappointed. I'm... Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, right. That could that could be the case. It's, it's so hard to get hyped now because like this, this just sounds too good to be true, basically. Like You're right. there has to be some catch. <laughs> That's for sure. But but also like Alvin Wang Grayling, the 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 China boss of of HTC said something special is coming something uh something new like it's, it's you know he, he really made it sound like something bigger is coming and this would be big oh yeah definitely right well you know when i was talking about the seven concurrent cameras i was actually alluding to the uh the qualcomm reference design that they originally like remember the qualcomm reference design with the seven cameras and all the the xr2 and all the fancy like it um they had prototype versions of this headset and the resolution was 2880 by 2880 per eye so this would be like a new level of resolution uh beyond g2 and um, so there, there's a slight chance that this could be one of those headsets and feature that. But the only thing is the seven concurrent cameras that they had on that did not do body tracking, I don't believe. They, they were doing like eye tracking inside and foveated rendering right, and right. stuff like that. Exactly. Gary, what do you think? Could this, could this happen? Um, possibly, yeah. I mean, based on what that tweet says, I mean, that's all I'm going off here because... It doesn't seem like something that I, I would personally think would be incoming on any standalone VR headset at the moment. Um, that kind of full body tracking at all. I don't know. I don't know how they do that. Even if they've got cameras pointing down from the headset, whatever, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to, to well, have that. But if you think about it, though, like like your the headset extends outward, exactly. right? Exactly. That's it. The extends point. outward, yeah. and yes. then if they can kind of have the cameras angled. Basically, all they really have to get is kind of your torso and your legs, and they can probably do like some type of skeleton algorithm thing it's that the would legs, take though. all that information. I think it's the legs, though, really. I mean, I don't know how they'd track the feet. Depending yeah. I mean, people are different body sizes as well. <laughs> yeah, they no do. Matter how... They have a special drone that flies out. <laughs> yeah, yeah I like it. I like it. That's going to happen. We heard it first on the Next Dimension podcast. The drone is going to make a video of you and fly around you. But honestly, I, I do believe that's technically feasible. Like the, we had another headset. We talked about it like a couple of weeks ago, the Unai headset. Can you remember? It also had like seven cameras and they totally promised you full, full body tracking with that kind of cameras pointing downwards. And uh, I believe that you can make this magic happen. Just like you said, the, the device is protruding and then simply point down. From the, from the back also, you have the battery pack, which is protruding. Why don't you have one camera, which is pointing down? I believe you can make it happen. You could make can it happen. See, like, if you, so imagine putting your quest on, and even if you had two cameras on the end of your quest pointing directly down, do you think that they would catch your feet enough to track them in any way accurately? I, I just don't see. Cause the uh, if way you, you work move... out every day and you do your squats. <laughs> 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 I'm saying as well. Like, yeah, yeah just, right. Good point. As you, move, as you move, like moving your feet backwards, then you've lost tracking. We've got one foot in front, one foot behind. You've lost tracking of the other foot. It could be out the side. I don't know. I just don't see that yeah. happening. But honestly. couldn't it just use some kind of algorithm that would be accurate algorithm. enough? Yes, like the algorithm. For general poses, it works. I think it may be working because I, like, I sometimes get a strange bug on my quest 
that the the view of the cameras, like the pass-through view, is just warped and broken. And then, like sometimes it happens that I like basically when I look in front, I like I look down, okay. and I can basically make out my whole body. Like I can see my legs and my feet, and it's like because like the cameras also do a lot of distortion. Uh -huh. So it, I mean, like it may not be super accurate, but you can like kind of maybe estimate like some kind of basic pose. So like not 100% like like Vive tracker stuff. But you could probably like estimate like doing maybe a squat or like moving your legs left and right. Maybe that's already enough to like have some basic movement and stuff like VR chat. So that might be what they're going for. Um, not entirely sure. Right. People are mentioning in chat as well that you could possibly have they could provide an optional external camera tracker. Camera. Or okay. That could well. be. That, that could be an option. You never know. So could be. Yeah. So wow. Really, really interesting. So now I want to hear from you, from, from the 200 people who are watching this right now. What do you think? Can HTC put it off and launch a successful Quest competitor? I want your vote now. So vote now. Go to the link down in the description of this video and cast your vote. The question is again, can HTC put it off and launch a successful Quest competitor? The answers are yes. And this is really their last chance for consumer really number two no they have disappointed too often and number three it's really a 50 50 for me so now please now is your last chance to cast your vote and let us know what do you think do you think htc can pull it off and launch a successful quest competitor well i'm really looking forward to find out what the people say and before before we get before we get to what the people say, I want to ask you, Anthony, what do you think? Yes, no, or 50-50? Uh, I, <laughs> I don't even <laughs> think Sony could compete with Facebook right now, Quite to be totally honest with you. Mm -hmm. So that tells you, right, how the hell is HTC going to do it if Sony can't do it? I, I believe there's, like, Apple may, may be the only hope. Okay, Gary, what is your vote on this? I don't, I don't want to be <laughs> pessimistic about this, but yeah, it's, you can't really like anybody would say that it's it's going to be it's very much a uphill battle for HTC to compete with what Facebook have got going on with the Quest. Um, I I hope they can, and I hope they're surprises. If they've got all these innovations, like they do have this body tracking stuff, and they can compete in some way at least on price then it, it's possible i just I, I don't know what they could have done to turn that company around from what we've seen of their recent products in the past to get to that point okay so you're like 50 50 yeah that's yeah that's <laughs> optimistic <laughs> <laughs> okay okay i got it more tending to know yeah that's okay why not and eric what what do you think um it's 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 hard i like i think they may they may like based on this like um like like uh, what's it called like like the specs it it may be it, it may beat the quest in like one way or the other like maybe in a few things like maybe battery capacity or maybe processing power because they can take more advantage of the xr processing chip because they have better cooling but i think like as a whole package i i don't find it realistic that it comes even close to like something that the quest 2 is it may still be a, a good headset to to work with but it will probably still be like a n more n niche headset that not everyone gets 
Okay. Like that's what I think would happen. Okay, that, that is probably uh, yeah more realistic, <laughs> actually, Eric. Yeah, I agree. Um, for me, I, I hope, let's say it like this, I really hope they can pull it off because this industry needs more competition, right? We need to get off from this monopoly that Facebook right, right, has right now how they can simply do the things that they do, like force us to use our Facebook login, even though we probably don't want. I don't like that. So I really want some competition. And that's why I root for HTC. I hope they're going to make it happen. I hope they have good business decisions, better business decisions than before. And um, yeah, I, I really I simply hope they can make it happen. So I'm absolutely looking forward to hear more details from HTC in the future. I hope it is what we are hoping to be here right now. And I hope that, that they're not going to disappoint us. I hope that we didn't get uh, the expectations too high. And uh, then in the end, it's uh, simply going to suck. But honestly, I, I really don't think so. I think they have something good on their hands. And um, I think I hope that they have learned from their um, mistakes in the past. And I hope that their marketing is not going to consist of a spinning HTC Vive move, <laughs> like the Cosmos or whatever that's going to be called in the future. So um, I, I just say yes. I just say yes. I'm a positive kind of person, and I hope they're going to put it off. So let's see what, what you think. Let's see what you think. So let me, uh, let me go to the results now. And here we go. Oh, that's interesting. So can HTC put it off and launch a successful Quest competitor? Yes. 41.8%. Wow. wow. That is wow. That is yeah. kind of surprising here. That is quite a lot of people who think they can pull it off. Nice. They're optimists. We're optimists. Yeah, we're all optimists here. <laughs> but that, that's honestly surprising me. I would have not thought that so many people think they can pull it off. Or probably they want it, just like me, right? They're like, okay, give it yeah. to us. HGC. I mean, everyone wants it, I think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, like we're, we're rooting for them, right? It's good. No, they have disappointed too often at 21.8%. Okay. And well, it's really a 50-50 for me, 36.4%. So it seems that HTC truly has a shot at glory here. They could pull it off. So they have the goodwill of the people, <laughs> at least of the people who are watching this podcast or listening to the podcast. And uh, I can simply, yeah, I think we all wish them the very best. Very cool. Thank you so much for um, joining the poll, dear people who are watching this. And I believe now with two hours and 40, 40 minutes, it's time to end this very, very long podcast. Thank you so much, Eric, for making it so long. I can see you're super tired because you've been coding all, all day and releasing. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's really fun. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's good to hear. So thank you so much for being on the show. I think more people are excited now about Ancient Dungeon. Again, for all the people who are watching this right now, and for all the people who are listening that later as an audio podcast, please do check it out. It's truly amazing. It has surprised me in the most positive of ways and get it. It's really great. And uh, I wish you all the best for um, like launching it, uh, Eric. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> Super exciting. And um, of course, also thanks, of course, to Gary and Anthony uh, for being on the show again. And uh, thank you so much, everyone who is watching this. So if you're watching this live right now, did you already put the thumbs up? You know, that's important. And uh, later, 
do share this episode. I believe it was a great episode again. Share it with your friends. Do leave a comment. That's really important for the algorithm so that more people can find it. And please, if you have an iPhone or an iPad, and probably lots of you have, then do take the one minute right now Open your podcast app on the iPhone or iPad. Find the Next Dimension podcast and do give us a five-star review. That would help us so much. Now, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much. And we're looking forward to see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.